Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, real quick, let me bang out some tour dates for you. Uh, I'm in Grand Rapids, March 16th. I'm running the LA Marathon, March 18th. Uh, Sacramento Punchline, the 22nd through the 24th. And Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky. Wise Guys in Utah, the 19th through the 21st of April. Zanies in Nashville. The set, you just find me. Uh, I am off this week to go tape my special yep. in Philadelphia. I am super fucking excited. Uh, <clears throat> yes, we are doing it for Netflix. And uh, and I couldn't be happier about that. It is... Uh, it is, uh, it is a, it's awesome. It's been a goal. It was a goal I said of mine probably a year ago after I did my last special. And I said, you know, I really want to do a, sh- a Netflix special because the one thing I heard was everyone saying, yo, man, I can't watch your special. Right. I, everyone said that. And then people say, why didn't you just do it with Netflix? Well, they didn't offer it to me last, <laughs> that last time. Showtime was kind enough to offer me a special. <coughs> but. <coughs> you want <some> water? <coughs> you Okay. I had egg whites go up my nose. Ew. Uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? I don't did know. you eat them too fast? Did you eat them so fast you sucked them up your nose through <clears> your <throat> pipe? No, I feel like. <sighs> Are you going to throw up? No, it's. <clears throat> no, it's in my throat. Well, get some water right here. I don't know if that fucking helps. It does. It clears your throat. <clears> throat> I hope we left that in. Uh, I don't know if I can even... Hold on. I can't talk. What happened? It's in my throat. (laughs) Is it like the the sardine bone? I don't know. No. It's... The anchovy bone you had in your throat? (laughs) There we go. So, uh, yeah, I'm shooting my special. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. That will not oh be god. in the special. Oh, my <laughs> God. Man, everything that can go wrong will go wrong today. I hurt my back in therapy. Um, <clears throat> I got egg whites up my nose. How did you get it up your nose? Because I was eating too fast. And I was breathing wrong, and I snorted. And you sucked no, it, it didn't, up No, I didn't snort nose. it through my nose. I snorted it like I was breathing, and it went up my in my nasal cavity as I was breathing. <sighs> breathing so you got some problems that's a problem so i'm really excited for this weekend good me too yeah the whole good girls are coming out and uh and i'm super excited uh, that's all i can say philly get ready i haven't changed anything about my <clears throat> the way i approach a week of work i didn't I, and that's why i did that in the past and i always regretted it because i felt like i made it too precious mm. and i didn't make it precious i've run this hour a ton if you've seen me on the road you've seen the hour and I'm ready. So I'm ready to do it. It's going to be great. This podcast is brought to you by Hims. Hims is, for me, one-stop shopping for men. Um, I know I use their minoxidil, and I'm getting on the uh, finasteride. The, that's basically... it's The P. It's the... Yeah, P. It's the P pill. It's the P. The P yeah, pill. Yeah, it's huh? the generic form. I, I take Xanax sometimes. Um, and I don't even take Xanax. I found out I take some other thing. Yeah. But it's the generic Generic. One. It Generic's just as good. And uh, like last December, the V medicine for erectile dysfunction, the patent just came off. So it's open game. So, so now <clears throat> so now it's going to be offered in generic form. And that's where you can get it at Hims. You don't have to go to the doctor. It's so fucking embarrassing to go to a doctor and be like, um, yeah. 
So anyway. Yeah, I know. We got an email from somebody from the last read from hymns. A wife sent an email thanking you for talking about hymns because she didn't know about it. And her husband had been having erectile dysfunction problems. And he was really embarrassed to go to the doctor. And she said uh, this, this gave her husband hope. And he was so excited after finding out about hymns. So it's really great. Yeah, and they have medical grade, uh, medical doctors, real licensed doctors that you go on, you answer a few quick questions, um, totally confidential, and then the product gets shipped directly to your door. You don't have to like I I, all my by the way I I don't have problems. I'm fucking weird talking about this, but I don't have problems getting my dick hard. <laughs> um, my problem is it gets hard too much. That's why I'm getting on the finasteride. <laughs> if they say it gives you sexual problems, I'm gonna hope so. But uh, but this is it's not. Don't think of erectile dysfunction as uh, uh, your dad's disease. No. It, all my buddies, my some of them won't say their names, but a lot of my buddies <laughs> always take a f- uh, pill with them when they go out and party. I, and I can't wait to start using them because I heard that you just fuck like a beast. <laughs> yeah, we're not using those. I'm going to fuck like a beast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. So here's the deal. If you have hymns is for you hair loss and these aren't herbal supplements hair loss erectile dysfunction one-stop shopping go to hymns if you want to fix your hair loss like i did get in front of the bus and and i started using propecia like or not propecia uh minoxidil i started using minoxidil um 22 years ago 25 years ago about and i still have hair and I know friends who stopped using it and all their hair fell out. So get in front of the bus. Get in front of the bus with all this. Go to Hims. Here's a call to action, okay? Try Hims for a month today for just $5. What the fuck? That's crazy. That's not, that $5? Right. That is right. That's Try Hims today for a month for just $5. We'll get you started for 5 bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds of dollars. That is true if you went to a pharmacy or a doctor. Go to hymns.com slash BertCasted. BertCasted. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T-E-D. For hymns. That's hymns. That's for hymns. This is the website. F O R. H-I-M-S dot com slash BertCasted for hymns dot com slash BertCasted. Did you get that, guys? Got it. Five bucks. One month. Five bucks is amazing. All supplies last. They're not going to last long. But get in front of it, guys. And don't be embarrassed if you can't get your dick hard. They got a pill to fix it. It's totally, I can't, yeah. Hey, guess what? I can't go to bed. What do you think is more embarrassing? Not being able to go to bed, laying up with panic attacks, or not getting your dick hard? Oh, God, I'd much rather have the fucking dick problem. Just a pill. Take a pill. Fix it up. <clears throat> Take a pill. If you're losing your hair, get in front of that. Go to 4Hims, guys. This podcast is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Okay, I have a quick story. Please. While you were out of town, we made a chicken fettuccine with um, I saw it in zucchini. The, I saw it, in the, it was amazing, yeah. by the way. But Isla comes walking up to the stove because we're making a plate because we're going to watch a movie while we're eating our Blue Apron. She goes, um... Is this Blue Apron? And I go, yeah. And she, she she said, what is this? I said, it's zucchini. She said, okay, if it's Blue Apron, I'll give it a try. She, she did not. She did. I was so angry because I've been trying to get her to eat zucchini forever. She loved it. She ate a ton of it. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, Blue Apron is awesome. It, it For us, it's affordable. It's fresh. It comes right to your door. And we have these... It, 
it is our family dinner. They say a family that cooks together stays together. And no joke, I, I really think Blue Apron's brought our family closer together. I know I get mocked for my Blue Apron reads because I love them so much. But <clears throat> it is the one one sponsor that, I mean, is so in our life that, yeah. it, that it is almost creepy. <laughs> well, no, that they're not the one sponsor, but they are very much in our life. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's we what, can't wait to get it on our doorstep every Tuesday evening. They it's offer great. three different plans. The two-person meal plan, which is, serves two people. Uh, you choose from eight new recipes per week with the choice of receiving either two or three recipes per week. The family meal plan, which we do, that serves four people. Choose from four new recipes. I get the family meal plan anyway. Right. And make leftovers. Totally. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm still choking. <laughs> and the wine plan. Six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly. Uh, let's see what recipes I got coming up. There, you know all the stuff that if you don't know all the stuff then you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast they're cheap everything's under uh, $10 per person They you can make it in 45 minutes less super flexible high quality delicious I mean here are the meals coming up strip steak with potatoes and spicy maple collard greens Ooh. Dude, their, their steaks are phenomenal. Yeah, they are. They're and I really love the way they cuts of meat. They tell you how to make them, and I swear to God, you never fuck it up. You it never fucks up. And then you can apply that when you're cooking other things. It's really great. Spicy jasmine with stir fried vegetables and jasmine rice. This is the one I've been waiting for. I haven't gotten yet. Soy glazed Korean rice cake with broccoli and soft boiled egg. Because oh. I love soft boiled eggs. And so I'm good. waiting for them to teach me how to make a soft boiled egg. And then oh. I'll just make them all the time. Yeah, we haven't gotten that yet. Creamy fusilli. Fusilli? Fusilli. Fusilli pasta. Bucati pasta <laughs> with fried rosemary and walnuts. I don't read real well. <laughs> I'm a horrible reader. Anyway. <clears throat> Here's the call to action, guys. Blue Apron is treating BirdCast listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash BirdCast. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off at blueapron.com slash BirdCast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. That was probably, that was probably my most casual, non-gagging-on-their-cock read I've ever <laughs> done for Blue Apron. Maybe. I, lo- I really do love Blue Apron. Um, and check them out. It's a great way to... It's a gr- it really does change your life. I really do believe that. This podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring, every business needs great people, and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying the right people see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way to do this, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you'll find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employees who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a qualified, get quality candidates through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, and you so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you'll find them. Isn't that right, Halston? <clears throat> <laughs> Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I love when these reads got like a great like zing. Yeah. So we got an email from a, a fan the other day. I thought this was cool as shit. Uh, Sean McCardle. Congratulations, by the way, Sean. 
Uh, I should have waited for that to the end, but all right. I just wanted to thank you for Movement Watches. That's MVMT Watch Discount. I just used it to buy my groomsmen and myself. I just used it to buy watches for my groomsmen and myself. How come I can't read? I don't know. You're not reading well today. I would have never known about Movement Watches if it wasn't for your awesome podcast. I'm excited for the new special and look forward to you beating Tom, that fat fucking piece of shit, in a race. (laughs) Sincerely, Sean. P.S. There will be a seat for you at the wedding if you want to come. Open bar. Just saying. P.P.S. Tell Tom there's no buffet so that fat fuck can't come. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Congratulations, brother. Uh, hit me up. Uh, t- text me the details on your wedding. If it's close by somewhere I am, I wouldn't mind coming in and having a cocktail. But this podcast is also brought to you by Movement Watches. Did you know that, Leanne? I did know that. Um, I movement- want a Movement Watch. I was hoping I would get one for Valentine's Day. But yeah. You guys have heard me talk about them. And you know those two college dropouts that started their own watch company? (laughs) (laughs) This company's grown like crazy. And now almost 2 million watches sold in over 160 countries. Are you fucking kidding me? That's amazing. They're They're, great looking watches. They continue to revolutionize fashion on the belief that they shouldn't break the bank. Style shouldn't break the bank. No. It's so nice. Like. I was texting with Russell Peters about watches yeah. the other day because I was like, I want to get a new watch. And I was like, I don't I don't know if the way watches are these days. Like, I only put on a watch to go out. Right. You know, like like I, I use a running watch all day long. Right. And then if I'm going to go do stand-up, I put on like a nice watch yeah. and like a movement watch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was like, well, I don't know if I want to spend $15,000 for right. the, the three hours I'll use it. Right. And, and movement watches are beautiful. You got me an all black one. Yeah, it, that I love, and gorgeous. it looks it looks a lot like my um, running watch. Yeah. So it's very it, sleek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've checked out the styles lately on the site, but they've doubled the number of watch styles, and they're still expanding. Uh, movement watches has ca- has come far from being a crowdfunded kids working out of a living room in the past year. They've not only introduced a ton of new watch collections for both men and women. Come on in, Lynn. But also expanded to sunglasses and fashion forward bracelets for her. Oh, yeah. You can get all the for her shit there? Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Um, I think that's the coolest thing is to not have to think about what to buy your spouse. Absolutely. And just go online, scroll, 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 use a discount code and fucking get it. And these days, you know, watches are more an accessory, you know, than a utilitarian item. They they really add something to your outfit. So for women, it's nice to have a variety of and, watches. And these watches are all about looking good and keeping it simple. Watches don't tell you how many these watches don't tell you how many steps you've taken. They're not gonna blow your wrist up with text messages. That is the fucking annoying thing that happens when you have a watch on. Yeah. And it starts fucking buzzing while I you're taking a I stopped wearing nap. mine. Really? Yeah, I wear my real watch now because I couldn't I kept I found that it was pulling my focus so much I wasn't in present time. These watches are simple. And they look good. Mm. So here's the deal. Movement watches start at just $95. At a department store, we're talking about 500 bucks, But here, $95. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman. I love that shit. And, <laughs> and, and all that retail markup. 
providing the best possible prices, classic designs, quality construction, style minimalism. Get 15% off with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash BurtCast. See why movement keeps growing. Check out their expanding collections. Just go to mvmt.com slash BurtCast. Join the movement. Join the movement. Join the movement. All right. How much time is that on the read so far, Halston? Well, with all the stuff we took out, uh, okay. 18, all right, we're going to try to keep these short. I know yeah, that yeah, people yeah. people uh, have been saying we're too breathy. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm just excited for the special. So I'll keep you posted on when it's coming out, and I'll let you know how it went next week. Uh, but as for as for this weekend. I'm emotionally tapped out right now after this. Yeah. This is the last piece of work I'll do. I'm going to look at uh, shirts for my special because I have to have a shirt to walk on stage to. You do, yeah. <clears throat> and I, I want to look at new jeans because I think these jeans look beat up. Mm-hmm. And I got a guy dropping off kicks. Um, yo, I got to give a shout out to this kid. He, uh, I'm going to, he's coming by today. He got Angelo, here, what's his name? Angelo Blando. Check him out on Instagram. It's A-N-G-E-L-O underscore B-L-A-N-D-O. And uh, he's bringing me these shoes. And he, he the, the reason I'm bringing this up, he's on Instagram. So if you're into sneakers, he can check out his Instagram. He posts shoes all, all the time. And then you can buy them directly from him. I think he's out of Chicago, but he's always in L.A. and New York. And the reason I bring this up is because today's guest is how I found out about him. Uh, oh, I was okay. looking at Ron Funch's Instagram and he had a, pair, a picture with him with new shoes. And I was like, oh, those are cool shoes. And then he was like, this is my buddy who hooks me up with shoes. And so I went, oh, I followed him, just followed him as a lark. And then he posted these Jordans that are, had just come out that I thought were really, really cool. And he posted them. He said, I have size 13 and it's always hard, hard to find size 13. So I hit him up and he's like, oh, I'm coming out to bring the shoes for Delia in a week. By the way, we talk about Delia on this podcast a little bit um, as well. Because Ron and Chris D'Elia worked together on Undateable. Um, but I, I don't know. So anyway, I said, oh, my God, if you have them 13, I'd love them. So he's bringing them out. So uh, so he'll be here. We're going to shoot a video for my Instagram uh, probably in a little bit. But today's guest I met a long time ago. I met him backstage at UCB. He's a comedian. If you don't know who he is, if you don't know who he is, you should probably check him out. He's absolutely hilarious. He is probably one of the nicest guys in the business. And... Uh, I met him back there. He was getting high. He's got a good giggle like me. We did Doug Loves movies. And then I'd run into him now and then. And then one day I ran him to the airport and he was in great shape. And I was, I gave him a hug. I think I was a little buzzed, but I gave him a hug. It was early in the morning. And he was like, he was like, I did not see that coming. And I was like, but he's just, he's just his, you'll hear by his tone and inflection. He's just such a soft, great guy, but he's a hilarious comedian. He's been on Undateable. Uh, he had another show. Uh, I I don't know, but but what's pretty interesting is we start this podcast off, uh, Halston said, I have a funny Ron Funches story and I was like, save it for the podcast. And so it turns out Halston and Ron went to the same funeral. They're from the same hometown. hometown. But is the story on the podcast? It's on the podcast. Well then don't blow it. Yeah. So, but I, but so listen up, listen up. Um, I love you guys with all my heart. I hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, Shout out to everyone who tells me their stories of what they do while they're listening to this podcast. I love that. I, I get it, it makes me so happy to know that uh, you allow me to be in your ear for you know an hour or two while you're at work. So uh, 
I hope you have a great week. All right, as serendipity would have it, uh, someone's at our front door. Angelo, Angelo Blando's here. He was just dropping off my shoes. Yeah. I mentioned him in the in the intro to this Ron Funches podcast that um, I, I found you through Instagram um, on Ron's Instagram, and I was like, oh shit! And so I just followed you, yeah. and then. You put on one of your, on one of your um, stories, you're like, oh, I have these in a size 13. And I was like, right. oh, I want them. Yeah. And then you hit me up. You're like, oh, my God. And then you were like, I can't believe you follow me. Yeah. And I was like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Right. And so uh, so you just dropped them off. And Leanne was asking a really interesting question. How, explain for a second. And then we'll just throw this into the beginning of the podcast. It won't be like a four-hour interview. Or it won't be that long. Right. I'm just curious. Explain the shoe game, how you got into it, and how it works. So, okay, so and I'm talk 19. And talk right into the mic if you're... Right into the yeah. mic like yeah. this? My yeah. bad. So I'm 19 years old. Um, I've, I grew up in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. And um, basically, since I was younger, I was just buying and selling like anything I could. I was selling suckers in fifth grade. I was selling phones in freshman year, all this different stuff. And <laughs> then I started selling shoes because it was just like a big thing, and I was yeah. always into fashion. So... Um, I don't know, one thing came to another, and I messaged Crystalia, and I said, like, hey, man, if you ever need any shoes, let me know. I'm a big fan. And two days later, he messages back and was like, I'm super down. Like, let me know what you could get me. And then he starts sending me stuff. So I was just like, holy shit, this is a real thing going on. Uh, and I flew out here, and I met him, and we got a picture together, and I was super nervous. And uh, and now like now now we've met a few times together and he talked like, about you on Fighter and the Kid the other day yeah which that was crazy it's like, so funny because I follow you he's on Fighter and the Kid and he goes I got a shoe guy and I was I was like oh that's so funny I was in my head I was like I kind of want a shoe guy and now I have a shoe guy yeah but but I, I but I following you and I saw like the, there was a big I think it was because All Star Weekend right there was a big right. release of shoes yeah there was a ton of shoes that came out that weekend. And even like these are one of them that have just like, I don't even know. The past month has just been crazy with it. But um, I don't know. Go ahead. What no, so, so, so how did, how, like, how did, Leanne was asking, go ahead and finish your questions that I interrupted and said, let's put this on the podcast. You were saying, Leanne, what is it? How do they only release shoes in Chicago, LA, and New York, right? Right. So a lot of these are just, they're just exclusive shoes in general. Like some of these, like I was saying, there's only 160 pairs made of some of the shoes that I've had. And then like these in particular, there's like around 20 to 30,000. Um, and it's just, you can only get them if you're in one of these three cities or if you know a guy or whatever it is. So, so like, how do you get them? I happen to know a ton of people in these boutiques. Like there's boutiques in Chicago, there's boutiques in LA out here, and they're the only places to get these shoes. So when they get them, I'm just have a connection because I've been doing it for so long that I have access to all of, like basically anything you need, I could get. Really? Yeah. What's the most expensive shoe you've ever sold? Um, I sold a pair of Red Octobers. Those are those are a Nike and Kanye West shoe. Um, those are like six thousand dollars. Whoa! So, and, and now I think they're they're even more now. Whoa! Um, For yeah, a I mean, pair of Nikes? Yeah, it's crazy. I have a pair in my house that's uh they're called a Hyper Adapt. Those are the ones I was telling you guys. Those are made for Nike friends and family only. And those are like one of 200 shoes wow. made, at least to my knowledge. So yeah, th there's it gets crazy out there. I mean. It's like, essentially, it's like drug dealing, except the legal version. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, it's that's fine by me. Like, I would, I've never, like, the kids in my high school, they would all just say, like, why don't you just sell weed? Because you'll just make more, like, yeah. it's way easier. There's more of a demand. And it was true at the time, but I've never been, like, I never smoked. I never drank. I never, I was more of, like, a clean-cut person. So. Can't believe you're um, 19 years old. Yeah, I know. It's. 
I, I wish I was older. Pretty smart. So, uh, and what yeah. I was going to say is that, like, when I came to meet Crystalia the first day, I'm standing outside. Um, is it okay if I tell yeah. the story? Yeah, this yeah. Just quick. Yeah, I'm no, standing outside, oh, yeah. and it was at I think it was at Oxnard like Levity Live Comedy Club. Yeah. Uh, that might be right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I'm standing outside, and there's a huge line of people waiting. And now I'm like just some dickhead with like five bags of shoes, and I'm standing out there like waiting. So I'm t- I'm messaging Chris, and I was like, "Hey, bro, like I'm here." And he didn't see it because I'm sure he was busy. Like he was in the green room or whatever. So I walk up and I tell the person at the door, I was like, "Hey, I'm here for Chris." And they're like, "Yeah, okay." Like everybody yeah. says that, and I was like, "No, like check the list." They checked the list, and I wasn't on the list. And now all of the people in line are like kind of making fun of me. Like who's like who does this guy think he is? So then, like sitting out there for ten minutes, and then Chris walks out, and everybody's like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yeah, I told you guys." Like I was, <laughs> they didn't believe me, but that was, so that was interesting. I don't know. All of this is just like. I don't know. It's just crazy to be sitting here with you to meet him. Funches, Sam Roberts. So, so Funches, I know. I, t- I texted with Roberts. Yeah. Sam, Sam, and I were like, we should do a shoe podcast. He's like, I'd love to get into your brand new obsession with shoes. Yeah. Because I, it is, it is fun. It's like you don't get many treats as a guy, especially if you perform shirtless. Right. The only thing that you can really <laughs> accentuate is your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the male handbag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, so now Ron's on the podcast today. What kind of shoes, like, what, do you know what kind of shoes people are into or is it just like anything? Um, now, I mean, like with Ron and all of them, it's like, I kind of know, like, I know what Ron likes. I know what he likes and when, and I know what Dalia likes, but when. Dalia likes Yeezys, huh? He, he did like Yeezys and now he's like, kind of like, those are douchey. So he's not so into them. He loves retro ones. Like he's kind of like me. We kind of have the same style. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, whatever I get, I'll just send them pictures in, like, a group chat, yeah. which you'll probably be added to. Please and it's add just me like, to it. And sometimes, it's weird, because, like, sometimes I feel like I'm being annoying. No. Because, like, I pick up shoes a lot, but it's just, like, they like it, so oh, as long S- as you Sam was like, Sam was like, yo, bro, you can't have a respectable collection without cements. Oh, black cements, yeah. Yeah, he's like, black cements, and I was like, I don't even know what they are. Yeah, and that's, was, like, the, like best shoe of all time one of them oh for real yeah that's like the, the i think snapchat did some little thing and like they with sold complex them snapchat and they yeah. said like the top 10 shoes of all time that was like number two really yeah. what was number one this the shoe that i'm wearing right now is the top three yeah this and black and red is like the bread one that's the first jordan that oh i remember that ever wore yeah he got they, nike had to pay five thousand dollars every single game for michael jordan to wear those wow so that's like yeah they have a cool story behind them they're called the band ones so really? that's kind of cool yeah um, yeah, I I was obsessed, and they stopped making them with with Nike SBs, low dunks. Oh, I think, they, yeah, they don't make them a lot. They don't make them. I, I can't even find them online. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the other thing that's actually good for me is like a ton of people message me and say like, I want these, I want these, whatever upcoming releases. But another thing that I do is like, if you were to text me and say I want a 1985, like. Jordan shoe that's just original as a collector's thing that go for like five thousand dollars online. I could also get any of that stuff as well. So it's really like if you need a new release, I could get them. If you want something that's from 10, 20, 30 years ago, like chances that's are cool. the same. Yeah. So wow. So it, and I know there's guys that like there's one guy I saw a, a thing about him and they were like, yeah, he just deals with uh, rappers. Like right. and and then another this other kid just deals with. Um, sports stars and he's right, like I'm yeah. into sports I don't really know anything about rap and right. it was like it was the most honest I watched this kid and he was like he was like I'm into hip hop I don't know anything about sports I don't really care about sports guys right. and so he doesn't really fuck with sports guys and you seem to be into comics and you seem to have it dialed in on all the comics I know that's like 
I, that's what's crazy is when they first started posting pictures of me, it was, I think, Sam Lerner and Daniel Levy, the producer of Goldberg's. When I flew out there, they, like, brought me into Sony, and it was just, like, crazy. Like, all of this, I, like I'm saying, is unreal. And You're they 19 brought me years in. old. They, I know. <laughs> they brought me in, and they took pictures with me, and I didn't even ask them to say this. They just said, like, the Hollywood sneaker plug. And that seemed so cool to me because I was like, that's, I don't know, just, like, I don't know. It seemed like a really cool uh, nickname. So they started calling me that, and then one guy messaged me, um, Vlad Kamano, I think his name is. Oh, I know him. Yeah, he does a YouTube channel. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I, I think he does like YouTube, and he's a. He's still doing stand up like comedy at. I think he goes to the. Um, I don't know the comedy uh-huh. store. Um, down here in the lab and stuff like that. Yeah. And he messaged me and he said like I saw you from Sam's post and all this stuff. So it's just crazy how, like how many people are seeing it just from one guy that I got into and like the kid that you're talking about. Um, I know who you're talking about and. It's probably the same thing. He only sells to sports because he's probably really into sports. Yeah. Right. Like one day, I like I don't even want to be selling shoes my whole life. It's kind of just like <laughs> this shit just works. So right. it's like in the future, like my idea of it being a 19-year-old kid that didn't go to school and was a fucking idiot in high school. My idea is like if, if this is the way I could get like my network out there and get to know people like you and Chris D'Elia and people that I idolize, then... One day, if I want to be in the comedy industry or the entertainment industry, like I kind of will know that like you guys are my I, teachers instead I, of going to school. I already want to steal you out of the shoe game and get you in <laughs> as a manager or an agent. A fucking like you, there the entrepreneurship that goes into the idea of making money off sell, reselling shoes to people is genius. Yeah, it really is genius, and the fact that you hustled it to the point where, you know, like I'm like. Like when you text it back, I was like, "Oh, fuck, cool," you know. Yeah. That that is that's just overwhelming. Well, yeah, and, and most of the people that sell, I mean, there's a ton of kids that are selling shoes right now, but yeah. a ton of the kids that like, there's two ways to do it. Like, I could have gotten the message from Crystalia and be like, "Awesome, here's a celebrity with a ton of money. I could just fuck him on the price and make a quick two hundred bucks," which is what most kids are gonna do. Yeah. Like, they'll just ship the pair out and that's it. But for me. I would rather take a loss, spend $2,000, fly out here the next day, get an Airbnb, whatever I have to do, and build a relationship because that, to me, is way more valuable than a $100 profit I'll, I'll make on a pair of shoes. You know oh, what I mean? You can make so much money off of Chris D'Elia just not even <laughs> fucking with his <laughs> shoes. Like, he is a cash cow right now. Right. Him and Ron Funches, <laughs> they print fucking money. I know. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, that's, that's fucking overwhelming. Do you have any more questions, Leanne? No. What, what kind of shoes that. would you want, Leanne? I don't know. Do you have any women? Do, do women? Yeah, there's like ultra boosts that are really comfortable. I think she just got a pair. I, I just bought. I bought a pair of ultra. Hey, can I sell you a pair of size nine ultra boosts? <laughs> I'll buy them. I buy and I sell. Whatever Georgia, we just bought Georgia a pair and she didn't like them. <laughs> she was like, Ugh. no, you know who you really should have landed as a whale. And I mean that literally and figuratively is Segura. Oh, I know. Because Segura is a fucking shoe guy. I'm trying to get, like, I know that, well, I'm also a big fan of Bill Burr, and I know Bill Burr, like, fucking rips on sneakerheads. So I was going to, like, message him, because I was just messaging people on Instagram, and I was going to message him one day, and I typed it out, like, hey, like, Bill, like, huge fan of you, love your podcast, would you, like, be interested in any sneakers? And I, like, deleted it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I already know the answer to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it would be, like, huge to sell to him. There's another, um... I, like Dane Cook I would want to sell to I mean anybody yeah. And it's not even like sell to It's like I want to meet them Selling is like the part that's Yeah You know what I mean it's So like, do you do you want to do comedy at all Or do you want to uh, Do you want to be in the entertainment business What do you want to do after shoes 
Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to build a YouTube channel right now. Yeah. I've done stuff like on Snapchat, like because I was I was popular in school for being like myself and like being kind of an asshole to the teachers and stuff because I wasn't like mean to them. I would just like not be interested. I'd be sitting on my phone and then I get kicked out of class. So I have like this booklet of 86 detention slips that I was reading off on my Snapchat and then they said make it a YouTube video. So like I made a YouTube video and the first week I got like I don't know like 400 subscribers. I was doing like it was okay. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to build that up. Uh, comedy as like a YouTuber would be cool, but like I don't know if I have the balls to do it as like stand up. Which maybe yeah. when I'm older I will, because I'm only 19. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I I want to be in it. I just gotta find my spot. You know what I mean? Well, maybe we can get you, me, you, and Sam Roberts to do a sneaker podcast. Yeah, I mean that would be huge. I'm all for, and I feel like I'm not like that much of a shy person. Like just to come, you're not. You're doing like very well on my podcast. Not shy <laughs> yeah. at all. I mean, I don't know. I'm you probably... can't be shy to do what you're doing to, to right. reach I mean, out yeah. to people and go, "Hey, I got some cool sneakers." You want and to I've been buy. like, yeah, I mean, I've been selling stuff since I was little. So when I was at school, I would just like run out the back door, hand some random guy's shoes, and then like come back in and then get a detention. And I'd be like, "All right, well, I made 150 bucks today." So now, why oh, yeah. did you start selling stuff so early? Um, Were you like, did you want money for a certain thing or? No, it was just like, I, it was like, I went to school and I had a lot of friends and it was literally like, there were so many people that would do things that I wasn't interested in, like smoking weed and like all that stuff. And it was just like my, if I wanted to go out it meant I had to like drink a beer and like try to act cool in front of my friend. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm just going to sit at home and figure stuff out. So then I started fixing phones was my first thing, um, after selling suckers and like grade school. So <laughs> I was fixing phones and then it just came to shoes because I, I guess I've just been a huge fan of them. I actually bought my dad a pair, um, when I was like 14 and he didn't want them. So I was like, okay, I'll just sell them on eBay. And then I profited from it. And that was when like, I first knew like, holy shit, selling shoes is a thing. Oh, I bought, I bought a lot of shoes on eBay. Yeah. On, I, like where, I, especially the Nike SBs where I couldn't get a hold of them anymore. Right. And I liked wearing them. I right. see, I'm not, I don't, I don't mind wearing them until I wear, I wear them. Right. Um, but, uh, I have a pair of Adidas that, uh, you know, who's a big shoe guy is Adam Devine. Oh, I, he's, yeah. He's a, I bet he is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, you should get hooked up with it. Tell Zalia to set you up with him. I know. It's like, I don't even, that's the thing is that I don't even ask these people to, do, like, you I could yeah. ask you and say, like, hey, can you mention me to, like, but I don't like to because it's like, I'd oh, if I run into Adam, I'll bring it up. Because like, I'd always see him at, there's a sneaker place down in Long Beach, or I think in Long Beach, or maybe, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'd see him go in. I've, I've seen him go into sneaker places like two or three times. Right. And he was like, oh, they got this new shoe out. I want to, Grab it, and he showed me these not these Adidas. Uh, I'll show them to you. I have them in my thing, and they're my favorite shoe I've ever worn. Really? That and dude, the the Air Pegasus ATs. Yeah, Delia bought those from me. He's, yeah. He commented. I saw you. You posted a picture, and you said like Nike sends me these ads. <laughs> like all that. Those are those are great though. I like those. It's me fucking around with Segura because Adidas sends him shit. Yeah. And so I tell him that uh, I'm sponsored by Nike as an elite. See, athlete. I don't know how it would work with like if I sold him shoes, he probably couldn't give me like he wouldn't post me on his page. You know what I mean? Or like he yeah, would, he, would. he wouldn't be able to say like yeah, oh this guy hooked me up. You think he would? Yeah. Why it would be? Oh. You don't think he'd be in conflict with Adidas? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe yeah. Adidas and be like, who's that's this guy? Yeah, like, I'm with you. Hang yeah. on one second. I'll call him. He's probably going to be eating cake. So give him a second. <laughs> oh, you're calling him right now? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, you're on, my, you're on my podcast for two seconds. 
Um, so don't say the so don't say the N word. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, can you still fuck with Nikes? Will you wear Nikes? Or are you done with Nike? <laughs> hey, uh, I got a great shoe guy if you need any shoes. His name's Angelo Blando. He's over at my house right now. So let me know if you need anything, and I'll, I'll, I'll link you guys up. Okay, cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate uh, it. All right. I know you get all your swag for hey, free. Fuck Nike for real, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is, though. All right, buddy. I'll give you a call later. I'm t- right. I, I leave tomorrow for Philly. Okay, man. You, you can tell me that whole Edward thing you were going to say. It's all good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I'll get you guys hooked yeah, up. That'll be awesome. Yeah, he's the best man. He's and he's making ridiculous money and spending it like crazy right now. And for you guys, it's like in LA, the the only stores down here that are the main stores are like Flight Club, Stadium Goods. There's like a couple other ones, but I'll walk into there and there's like these shoes are like 500 bucks there, and I sell them all day for 300. Yeah. So like. The people, that's why I, I guess I'm able to meet with you guys and like have something in common is because even for Crystalia, a guy that doesn't need to save 50 bucks, yeah. when you're buying shoes like every week and when you're buying shoes that are limited that are $2,000, then I could really save them like 500 bucks per pair. Then it's like way bigger. So there's more of a reason for them to come to me right. than to just go down the street. And I mean, it saves time, me being able to ship to well, them. I think and stuff. It's, it's super easy. It was super easy to text with you and just go. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday, noon would right. be great. Hey, can we just watch 1230? Yeah. And it fits into my day perfectly. Um, well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. We're going to throw this up in front of Ron, and hopefully everyone will hit you up, and yeah, we'll increase you your so business. Much. And um, Do you want me to, like, uh, can I put, like, my Instagram on here or yeah, something for it. them to message me? So my Instagram is at uh, Angelo underscore Blando. So it's A-N-G-E-L-O underscore B-L-A-N-D-O. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for the kicks. Thank you, buddy. This I appreciate fun. it. Today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Rom Funches. This is Dude, you're like uh, maybe one of my favorite human beings alive right now. Why? You are. Well, I mean, I didn't disagree with you. I just asked why. <laughs> well, I think I think you're the first guy uh, out of our out of like all the comics working that focused on weight loss, mm-hmm. and you lost a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. And I saw something. And, and by the way, and, and I feel like we have a connection because I don't ever really hear anyone talk shit about you. That's good. And uh, and I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's like both really friendly comics. You yeah. Know? We don't really get into the gossip part no, side of it. No, keep to I keep to myself. It's hard for people to talk shit to me because I don't really hang out with people. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That me? You need me? Okay. Hi there, right there. Nice. <laughs> and then. Uh, and then I saw that you're taking wrestling lessons. Yeah. That fucking I don't know why, like you know I think I just started smoking a lot of pot lately. Oh, congratulations. And. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like it's opened up like things that would have been negative to me on, on uh, line when you go and like get on Facebook and you see someone and you like, like I think the old part of you would be like, oh man, look at that fucking house. Look at that, his car or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm seeing the opposite side when I get high. When I get high. That's good. So it's changing your perspective. It's bringing out the positives in you. Yeah. And I saw, I saw you on, uh, on doing wrestling i wasn't even high but i but i think that is leaning up i was like how fucking badass how cool that you're like doing 
exactly what you want to do you yeah. know no thank you yeah yeah no it is a um it's been a dream of mine since i was a kid i mean my whole life i didn't really have many interests besides i, w- I was in the comedy and i was in the wrestling yeah. and i thought like I, I didn't think either was an actual job you know so i yeah. avoided doing both i was just working at like a bank and and doing that type of shit and um i had i lost a friend who um died uh last year uh he had like a brain tumor and then he he, he passed and it kind of just was like oh you you know you, that same old same old but we were just like oh life is short like some you can die at any time yeah. and so i might as well do the things i want to do so i was like oh i might as well train for, for train for wrestling something i've always been interested in and it's nice to do something where there's no goal for me there's no like i don't plan to go into wwe or anything like that and i'd and it even when I started comedy, I'd already had my son. So there was never this thing of like, oh, I'm just having fun and doing it. I was like, no, I need to be successful because I yeah. need to feed this kid. So it's nice to have something where I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this because I fucking love it. This is what I'd like to do. So well, I think I that's, got, an interesting, that's an interesting segue into Halston in the back. So Halston, yeah. why don't you go ahead and tell Ron your story? Tell me your story. I was at Will Woodruff's funeral. You were at his funeral. I was. I grew up in a little town called Dallas, Oregon. Okay, yeah, that's where Willie's. Willie yeah. spent a lot of time. Worked at that Domino's. Yeah. I worked at that Domino's for three years. Oh, really? It was Jake Fraser's store. Yeah. Yeah, I know good, Jake. Good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, for a long, long time, I knew Will since I was in high school because he worked with. Uh, he was like a manager of a of a band. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I played yeah. music. <laughs> I played music, and so I've known him since high school. And then, you know, I turned twenty-one. I started working at that Domino's. Uh, with him and we we've been very close for a really really long time and i know a bunch of stories about you guys and how he was kind of instrumental in the beginning of your success in the beginning of yeah, your absolutely. your your career and you know his mom and uh and yeah, him. he let me stay in his mom's basement Sweet, tell me about this guy uh okay so his name is will woodruff um he is a weird dude oh yeah very weird dude you would think he was racist yeah Uh, white white he always said the n-word in public yeah for as long as you've known him yeah (laughs) wait so wait so wait so hold on hold on hold on hold on let's slow roll this (laughs) so uh already my heart i have a friend i have a friend i won't say his name Mm -hmm. who is when we were, uh, I won't say his name out of respects. So I wouldn't want people hearing this and thinking the wrong thing. Yes, just like absolutely. You said. Um, his name is sounds like a black man's name. Mm-hmm. And our freshman year of college, they had segregated the dorms so that there was white dorm, white white floors and black floors. As what does? And uh, he got put on the black floor, and just was integrated very quickly into the black floor. Like he he was. A black dude from like, and he's the whitest fucking guy. He looks like Larry Bird. Everyone that grew up with me knows what I'm talking about. But he has always used the N word in not a negative, but in like a conversational kind yeah. of way. Well, this was more in a negative way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything was a joke to him. Everything was a joke. Everything. Nothing ex- was off. Socially awkward to the extreme. That's where the yeah. point would be. Like he would just like if he if you if he met you just met you that day and just met you and your wife and your let's say your wife was asian he would say some joke to he would be like hi and then say some joke about your wife eating dogs or something like that <laughs> yeah like and it's just he's not racist he's no. not racist he's not sexist he's one of the most open-minded people who i'd ever met in my life and one of the
doing this again i didn't have a place my options when he talks about him being instrumental to my comedy career he absolutely was um when i was getting divorced and separated from my wife my options at that time were that i could go live with my mom and my mom's rules in chicago were that i was gonna get a regular job and i was gonna do comedy on the weekends and i was like well that's not i mean i'm just now starting to get some tread you know yeah. i've been doing comedy like for five and six years at that time and and then the other option where he was like well you can come i live in my mom's basement you can come split the mom's basement with me and, and you can come stay there and i stayed there and barely paid any rent and she constantly was trying to kick me out and i just hear them upstairs fighting about how she he she couldn't kick me out and we just go and do comedy gigs together and uh just the, the sweetest dude but you would think i mean chess chess captain fo- yeah. football team uh worked at domino's did poker and did comedy like mm-hmm. that was his life he didn't have like a real real job ever yeah like that was his he just did he figured out how he did what he wanted to do lived pretty much in a little hobble for as long as i've known him and but would just give you whatever you needed like it um, I always, I always consider myself a great friend, and I was like, if you're my friend, if I have a dollar, you have fifty cents. Yeah. Will was the type of dude was like, oh, if I'm your friend and I have a dollar, you have a dollar, and if you need a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. I will drum up that other fifty cents for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so I was like, that's not good for you as a person. People would take advantage of him and things like that. But he was just one. I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm surprised, but not surprised you're at that funeral because like every there were people there who I loved. There were people there who I hated. There were just a lot of people there. It was at a comedy uh, club mm-hmm. in, in Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What comedy club? Um, just this little place called the Capitol Theater in, in Oregon. And then uh, Domino's came through with free catering for the funeral, which I really? had never seen before in my life. Shout out to Jake Frazier. Yeah, shout out to Jake. <laughs> and uh, it was just definitely one of the funny, the, the funniest funeral I've ever been to. So. Yeah, and I how, did he, how did he pass? Uh, uh, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> 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 he had a brain tumor and he went to get surgery and get it removed. And and everybody was worried about him. Everybody talked to him. I hadn't talked to him in, in a little bit because our relationship would kind of go back and forth sometimes where I could feel like he, all the things I wanted, he wanted, you know? And so there's like a little bit of like, oh, you went and did this and I'm just still kind of yeah. here. But I mean, when then when I went to the funeral and I talked to his like niece and I talked to some family members and they talked, told me how they always watch every episode of like Powerless and Undateable and all the shit that I had been on. And like, I didn't know that because we didn't really talk about about that like i would occasionally like send him some money or just be like hey what's up but like that that was had been a relationship at that time um and we found out that he had a brain tumor and so then everybody you know started to rebuild relationships and we talked and we had this long conversation about how he didn't he wasn't going to be bitter anymore and that he wanted to be a fucking uh, uh positive dude and he's just seeing the positive in a lot of things and he was just happy to get it off his chest and then he goes to surgery comes out of it two days later he posts on twitter Twitter that oh, I made it out I'm alive the next day he dies really he has a, yeah he joked about this brain tumor the entire time that he knew about it by the way oh yeah everything was a joke to him and he 
<laughs> I worked yeah. at Domino's with him while he had this this brain tumor, and and he would say, oh, I, I I can't do this. I can't prep the cheese. I have a brain tumor." And I would say, Shut up, dude. Like, just fine. No, I I loved Will Woodruff, and I've known him yeah. for a very long time. I, you've so known him longer. you said you're in that band. You were in Guster. Were you in uh, that band? I think it was Gnosis. Gnosis. I, Gnosis. I played yeah. shows with Gnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had my band, and they had theirs, and uh, this was when I was in high school. I actually I played guitar with Gnosis for a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. I've known, long story short, known him for a very long time. He he talked only good things about you. I never heard anything bad. He never said anything bad about you. And I don't think he genuinely said anything bad about anyone, really, um, unless he was joking. Yeah, he was talking <laughs> shit. He was talking mad shit. Yeah. But yeah, it says a lot about his character, about if if, if he had a dollar, then you had a dollar, too, because I, I know. I've, I've been there, you know? And... Uh, I just think that the people who crossed paths with him were really lucky to have known him. And um, I just think that it, it says a lot because he always let his inner child play. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think a lot of people might struggle with. Maybe not comedians, but um, just people in the real world, you know. He was always playing. Yeah. And that's what I loved about him. I loved hanging out with him. Yes. He was always playing. Yes. And always shouting. Yeah, I always love loud, the, always Rick rolling. I said what good the, day. Yeah. yeah, I say good day, sir. And you're just like fucking Will is fucking too is way past the time you need to be doing these jokes. <laughs> but he was just that was who he was. Cat jokes, fucking, uh, just the. And what I learned, I learned a lot from Will, um, especially doing comedy with him. I started doing comedy with him, and then this other headliner who was uh, more of like a shitty dude. Uh, Who's and, that? That's the story I would. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say his name, but it was definitely a classic headliner learning experience where oh. I was married at the time too, and I'd have to be like, and I was like married. I did, I wasn't doing anything, um, and not that anybody wanted to fuck the MC, uh, but <laughs> it wasn't happening either way. But this dude was like, we'd just be waiting in the parking lot while he's fucking. Have, I remember we had to wait in the parking lot while he had what was referred to as a lesbian pussy eating contest between <laughs> him and this lady in the audience and their girl her, her girlfriend was the judge and they'd go back and forth just going down on this lady and then she was going to decide who was better at it because his bit was about how well he could eat pussy and so we had to wait for that for a few hours at the wait God, for him I wish to- I knew who this guy was those guys those those, I, those uh there's a song by uh by perfect circle called judith mm-hmm. oh i think don't worry i just it's okay i don't um, need it uh but called judith and uh there's a line in there that i used to apply to me um working with headliners and you're such an inspiration for a way that i never ever want to be yeah and i and i i feel like there's so much of that in headlining like i try to do the opposite i try to show people the things that like like uh like Sigur and I always talk about this, but like tipping out your feature act, yeah, and explaining to them what what an appropriate tip out is. What your I tell them what I make. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell them like this is how much money I'm making. This is what I'm tipping you out. Um, this is when people shouldn't tip you out. This is when people should. Um, this is how headlining works. Like one of the things I I mean. I don't know. I'm, I, I knew I, I knew people made money on the road, but for a very long time, I thought like six grand was the most you could make on the road. And I, and I, I knew people made more than that. I know. I knew that. 
I was aware of that. I just was under the impression that that is all I'd ever see mm-hmm. was six grand. And, um, and I think sharing that with your feature act and, and there's so much to featuring that is changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was a feature, you had to sit in the back and watch a headliner and then kind of like go back and give them notes and tell them stuff they liked. Mm-hmm. It was all about stand up. You got done and then you were in the green room. There was no meet and greet. You were in the green room and you were talking about the act. And, uh, and things have changed so fucking much. When did you start? Um, I started, what, 2003? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Wait, maybe 2005. I got to think, okay. how old is my son? He's 14. I started when he was three. So do that math. I'm not good with math. <laughs> so, how old's your son? 14. You're, you've been doing it 14 years. I know. I've been doing it 11 years. Oh, oh, you started when he was three? Yeah. Okay. I was like, my daughter's 13. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have him? You had him. You were living in Portland. I was living in in Salem, Oregon. Yeah, Salem, Portland. Oregon. Yeah, yeah. How do you get there? Were you born? Like, how did you end up in? No, I was. Um, I was born here. I was born in Gardena. For real? Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad and my mom split, and my mom moved to Chicago, so I ended up in Chicago. And my mom was like in like a real uh, negative, like abusive relationship for a bunch of years. And uh, it just wasn't going well for me. I'm starting to like fight the dude a bunch. It was messing with my schoolwork and things like that. And my dad got back into our life. So I ended up moving and he was in construction. There was a big construction boom in Oregon. And so I ended up there. That's how I moved out with your dad to Oregon. Mm -hmm. You see, you, you, you seem to, uh, you know, I hope you're as open of a book as I think you are, but every time I look at you, you seem like you've, you seem like you, you shoulder, uh, hardship very well. Yeah. Like your son, I know your your son's autistic, correct? Mm -hmm. And, and pretty heavily autistic, right? Um, uh, more and more, it gets milder as he gets older. For real? Yeah. I see. I, I watched you play with a bunch of, I think, autistic kids and you were so patient. It was on your Instagram, maybe, mm-hmm. and I just was like, "It's one of those things again that made my like heart swell." Where I go, "Does this dude get?" Did you, by the way, the next day I saw you at the American Airlines check-in, and I was I did the same thing I did to you when I saw you today. I hugged you, and you were like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it, but I like it. Just it really kind of like you seem like a guy that rolls with it very well. Yeah. No, definitely. That's been my whole life. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, I grew up in like a shitty area of Chicago, uh, rough city, and my mom was in a bad relationship, and you just kind of learn perspective a lot, you know. And I just learned that I could only control my actions really and what I was about, and I and I just learned to be really positive in that regard. And but you took you took that energy and almost uh, kung fu'd it. Yeah, because you. Don't- I think it goes multiple ways. Like my sister was affected the same ways, but she became really more strict and stu- studious, and just really? like, she's a doctor, and she was like, just was like, boom, straight through school, straight through medical school, no, no stopping, no breaks, no partying. You know, that's what she was about. Really. And so for a while, especially while I was doing comedy, it was a lot of like, your sister, look at how good your sister's doing. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like, why can't you get your shit together? You know. But, People thought that. Oh yeah. For People sure. didn't yeah, see yeah. you like when I first met you. Uh, I was, it was in, uh, it was at, I want to say it was, do, I think we did a Doug Loves Movies together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, it was almost frustrating. There's a few people in the business that you meet and you go, 
I, th- I wish there was a way to compartmentalize this. I said this to Jim Jeffries the other day, and he didn't really get it. And I went, no, but you you got to get it. Like you got to understand what I'm saying. I'm not. It's not negative, but they're so naturally talented, or so so visibly talented that as a regular comic like myself, who's just very lucky to make pay the bills. Part of you goes, fuck. And then when you find out the guy's a good guy, you're like, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you were back there, you're getting high, and you were owning the fucking room with just effortlessly. Like, it was effortless. And I was like, and I, me- I remember feeling like a real distance in the race of not, and it's, we're all getting laughs, mm-hmm. but feeling a distance, a gap, and watching you do it effortlessly. I told it to Jim Jeffries. I said, you know, I watched your special the other day. So badly wanted to hate it. And he was like, why? I go, because that's what, as a comic, you want, you want to know that people can suck too. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've been to every show that I've sucked at, mm-hmm. and they're fucking painful. And sometimes they're important. And man, I watched Jim Jeffrey's special and he opens up with a Bill Cosby joke and it murdered me. It floored me. And I was like, dude, I literally told him, I was like, best special I think I've ever seen. One of my favorite specials I've ever seen. But he was like, why would you want it to suck? And I was like, oh, you know, comics, you know, it's like, you don't, you don't want him to, you don't want to, I don't want to sit through an hour of bullshit. Yeah. But I I would, I would love it not to be genius. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. I understand. Um, a bit I, I know I mean but I think a lot of it is like just the way I was raised and things born in and, and then natural traumas where you traumas where you're like oh I'm just like I've been trained a lot of this training I didn't really want to have you know yeah. to be able to deflect and make things funny it was a way to survive you know so it wasn't like this thing where you're like oh this is oh this is gonna really help later you know it's more like yeah. no I sound weird and girls don't earn into me I didn't think I could, could they would be later be like oh you would be a, you can be a giraffe and a did cartoon you ever try to, did you ever try to sound different when you were younger, did you ever try to? I went through a period where I wanted to have a deeper voice. <laughs> um, no. My buddies called me on it. No, I think because I just learned to be funny when I was like twelve or thirteen is when I was like, oh, I'm I'm funny and this works. And when it gets me out of trouble, it gets me out of bad situations. It makes girls want to talk to me. Yeah. You know, and so I just kind of honed in on that, and part of that was that. I sounded weird or, you know, often the harshest parts were like when I worked at a bank call center and they just for half the job, they would just think I was like a Southern lady and, <laughs> and I would just go with it. <laughs> I would start hamming it up. You know? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was another thing that Will really taught me because one of the things that kept coming up in his funeral uh, was how un- how naturally untalented he was at stand-up. He was not particularly good at it, especially when he started and when I was working with him. We would talk a lot because he would just do all these jokes that didn't really weren't about his life weren't about anything yeah. they were just jokes and they just never work and he'd bomb and i really learned i mean and i wasn't necessarily killing it but from an early time i was able to MC, i was able to go and do these things and i was like oh i'm okay at this and i'm yeah. learn to get better but i really was like i have a lot of respect for someone who fucking is eating it eating shit keeps a good attitude is asking like what am i doing wrong and it's just grinding it out and gets better and gets better and i mean i remember because i've been working on this show idea and and 
um, I'm using Will as a kind of a character idea and, and it, he's Will as I'm sure you know is very difficult to describe as a human being if yeah. you never met him sure yeah know? so so I'm trying to describe this character and he's just coming across as like why would we want this racist fucking <laughs> I was like no no he's got a heart of gold he's great he's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. then I like find these um probably like some of the latest videos that he did of his stand-up and I just mm. show them to him and I was like watching the sets and it's all these things that about his real life and about how his his nieces and and he just told this story about how he was dating this he was like I was dating this girl and she hit me with those words a girl uh, no man wants to hear uh she's like no not nah, we need to talk but i have a penis and i was like i always thought it was just some street joke he did then i was at his funeral and then the girlfriend's there and i was like oh this was real this was so real and i was like you're such a weirder dude than i even knew when i lived with you yeah he uh, um his story about how he lost his virginity is i was the there great no <laughs> wait, 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 oh wait, my wait, god wait, wait, what's the story i was there no. What's the story? <laughs> you got to tell it, man. <laughs> you love um, this. In Oregon at the time, they would do these shows at uh, what was essentially just the swingers club. Go ahead and pull that mic right up to your Yep. Sorry. Here, here. I'm hold sorry on. about it. I'm sorry about the microphone. It's okay. um, <laughs> it's, it, you know what it is? Because we switched seats. I moved that one around so much. Oh. This one, I haven't touched it once. Yeah. I think we had it perfectly chill. placed. You've been on chill the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they have this swingers club and we're going to do comedy and again I was married so I was like I'm going to just do comedy and sit down and not look at anybody yeah. oh, but I mean I'm going to look I'm going to look around a lot but I'm not yeah. going to talk to anybody uh, but, but Willie didn't have that issue and he was a virgin and he just how old was he? Uh, let's see at this time I think he was 27 28 oh wow um, and so this girl she she seemed very lovely. She's a nice lady. She just took him to the back and 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 took his virginity. That's how he that's how he lost his virginity at a swingers club after doing ten minutes of shitty comedy while I waited in the um in the in the little kitchen. You're missing a a, a very important detail. It was two old fat ladies. Okay. Who he lost yeah. Why well, didn't want to? Who, who cares? Oh, he, <laughs> he openly told that story to everyone and oh my god because will didn't exactly take care of himself so he had a, he struggled with the ladies you know was he overweight yeah, yeah he's yeah. overweight dude uh yeah overweight didn't really shower as much as he should have <laughs> uh but like <laughs> by the way every, everyone like listening to the podcast, everyone in the podcast is like oh you shouldn't have told me that i was i everyone was picturing this like cool hip <laughs> long hair kid <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I learned a lot from him too. Um he grinded it out and if he couldn't get shows where he wanted to, he created his own shows. I remember one of my favorite things was he he went to the Fox Theater in a very tiny town, Dallas, Oregon. He knew he could draw a little bit, so he just created his own comedy show and he brought some friends, uh Amanda. Yeah, I know and, Amanda Arnold, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Wait, I know I, do I know Amanda Arnold? Probably. You might. Yeah. She's pretty big in the Portland. I know Amanda Arnold. Or, I think I've worked comedy. with her. Probably if you probably at Helium, maybe. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just I just I cared for him so much, and I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about him. Yeah, no, I mean, you know. I, I, I love to get to talk to him and about him, and it's very rare, uh, unless I'm in Oregon. Right, you know? right. So, um, no, this is awesome. I'm having a great time. That's fucking cool. That's really cool. 
All my friends that are dead, I, I can only talk to my idiot friends about. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking always transpires into, we should get Coke. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, he loved Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. My only stories will be about Willie trying to fit in and smoking pot when he didn't smoke pot. and trying to take. He took a dab. I don't know if you've ever taken a dab. I've never taken a dab, and I probably will never take a dab. Uh, yeah, he was like, he's a guy who never smoked pot, and he took two dabs because we were at a friend Ganja John's house and you were like Ganja I don't John's look, house I want to look cool in front of Ganja John you know and uh, he just sunk into Ganja John's couch and refused to move for three hours we watched a movie and then we were like they were getting ready to go to bed and we were like well we gotta get out of here and he's just laying on the couch oh I can't he, we finally we pull him up he's just sweating drenching yeah. with sweat we pull him up he takes a few steps down the hallway knocking over all their family photos and then you know how like you you, you i think i saw it in your house you keep your like all your shoes out and yeah. stuff because you don't want people walking oh no house. i just i just bought i just was at the nike outlet oh hell so those yeah. are for the girls i like that <laughs> i like that I, I i displayed them for the girls to see when they got home i like that i love a family that shoes together <laughs> uh, but they had all their shoes out because they just kept them in the hallway take your shoes off when you come in the hallway yeah. and we'll just vomit it Every pair of their shoes oh just filled it with vomit and then went into their bathroom and just locked himself in the bathroom for another hour. <laughs> really? I've been there on marijuana. Yeah. I've been there on, I've definitely, you know, it's so funny. Marijuana is the only drug I'm afraid of. That's crazy. I always, I've always it's treated it It's the only it like respect. drug I'll do. Mar really? Occasionally mushrooms, but that's it. You don't drink? Mm -mm, I'm allergic. What do you mean you're allergic? I'm allergic. Like, no, but like how? What, what happens? Uh, my throat closes up. I projectile vomit and I can't breathe. God, you're lucky. People say that, but they forget about casual sex. It makes it very difficult. I have to be very charming, which I am. So it works out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a bit I'm, work, I'm doing in my next special about I didn't drink for a month mm -hmm. or like a, a month or 32 days to be exact. And it was the first time I had like sober sex. Like, I, ha I mean, I've had it, I guess, but I never really paid attention. But I, it was the first time that I was like, oh, I'm doing this stone sober. And it was really aggressive. Yeah. No, I mean, that's usually all of mine, sober. Um, it makes it difficult when you're like, oh, no, I know I'm making a mistake and I have nobody to blame. You know, yeah. I thought this out. I, I weighed all the pros and cons. I have a very sober mind and I still made a mistake. Uh, but it was great for when I first started comedy, for sure, because yeah. I didn't have anything to be like this is my crutch or you know you just see i mean and also i was like 360 pounds at that point i can't imagine if you threw drinking on top i'd probably be dead was that your biggest mm -hmm. 360 mm -hmm. and what are you now Two 230 230 mm -hmm. god he looks better than 230 i work out a lot i'm working thank you i'm actually a little heavy my lightest was 220 but i got heavy over the holidays my lightest was 220 i just got i just got up to 228 oh, man. over the holidays i've been really conscious of my weight lately i'm running like crazy how did you go how did you go about losing the weight um i just so i was i got to my heaviest and i wasn't feeling great and and people were waking me up on planes telling me that i had sleep apnea and i was like that's not cool people are strangers are concerned about me and my mom was just like i don't like buying you like 5x shirts doesn't make me feel good i'm concerned about you and i got the job on undateable um 
and I tried to lose a little bit of weight on my own. I think I lost like 30 pounds and then I put it back on because I'd always been heavy, but I've been able to maintain it by the fact that I was poor. So I couldn't eat that much. And then when you got money, I was like, cheesesteaks all day, Postmates. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I just, when I got the 360 and then um, it was the coolest. Um, Bill Lawrence, the guy who, you know, ran Undateable was just like, Hey, I, I use this trainer. If you want to use them, I'll, um, give them let you use them for free for like how i think it was for it ended up being about a year and then so i did that and then i just started continued and once i got my other jobs and stuff i just started paying them myself and and so i just had that trainer for like two years now and we just been doing like that and i just stopped eating like shit i mean i still struggle depending on uh my mood or if i'm like stressed out i mean accidentally eat a whole box of cereal but like you know i've been <laughs> so working funny, on it's something i would never eat a box of cereal oh, so no good. no my uh I cinnamon just, toast crunch i didn't eat on the flight here and i just woke up i flew in this morning from portland at six in the morning mm-hmm. and i woke up and i ate a kit kat bar and it fucking tasted so good yeah see that sounds crazy to me oh i love chocolate everybody's got their own vices like i couldn't have this out like these things out. for real yeah no oh I, I i've only eaten them when i get high mm-hmm. uh, like i've if i eat an edible sometimes my my appetite will be voracious like and i will murder food but for the most part I'm, i can stay away from sweets for the most part when i'm working out a lot i get and i'm not drinking uh, sweets are all over me mm-hmm. i can't stop them Okay, so that's just your thing then. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm saving my calories for drinking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always save my calories for drinking. I've always been like that. And I, But I, lately I've changed. I, we were talking about weed a little bit. Um, I've been snowboarding on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking my snowboard with me wherever I go. And it's really kind of like uh, saved my life a little bit because I don't drink per se as much as I would. I, I have... A couple drinks. Yeah, They're but not you're doubles. out, you're being active, you're, you're yeah. running through it. I want to be active the next morning, so I'll yeah. smoke uh, a little bit of weed before I start drinking, and then I don't want to drink. It's almost like taking a Xanax. Mm. Um, when did you start smoking weed? When I was 16. Really? Yeah. And you've been straight since? No, I've taken breaks. Um, I took a year break when my son was born. Yeah. Because um, I was like, I can get my life together. And then I think... Other than that, I just took that month break in October when you also were not drinking. Oh, that's stuff. right. You yeah. did uh, you so did no fun. no weed that month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely sober October. Yeah, yeah me too. Oh, yeah. I liked it. I liked it, and I also was like, I don't want to live like this. Like this isn't. Yeah. Like this, there's so many hours. There's so many things to do. But it did did shine a light on being like, oh, maybe I don't need to get high. In the airport bathroom, you know, like that's not <laughs> something I in need the to airport do. bathroom. Yeah, you smoke before you fly. Yeah. Oh. But and I would always just be like, oh, it's not fair. People getting off for drinks. Why can't I get high? Yeah. Uh, but now I'm just like, oh, I'll just get high when I get there. Yeah. 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 I wish I could get high before I flew. I wonder if that would calm me down. I think it would. 
Um, I had smoked this weed this weekend. I'm still like I I'm like I remember saying to Rogan I was he was lighting a joint. And I go, "What what kind of weed is it?" And he was like, "It's weed. Just smoke it. You're going to mm-hmm. be fine." And I was like, "I'm still at the level where like I'll smoke a weed and I will feel the difference." Yeah. Like I will You need a sativa or an indica. You definitely want, you I had want this a sativa. I had this indica heavy hybrid this weekend called mm-hmm. Spellcaster. <sighs> Might be my favorite weed I've ever smoked in my entire life. It literally felt like a Xanax. And right. I was like, I was just chill as fuck and it was like made me want it was like you know the kind of weed where you go i want to dive deep into netflix yeah like you're like i don't want to i want to get in my bed mm-hmm. i want to get pillows all around me and i want to dive deep into netflix yeah just watch the japanese duty treats yeah <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. What was uh, Undateable like? Uh, it was really cool. It's, the further I get away from it, the more I'm able to appreciate it. Yeah. Working on other jobs where they're like less um, interested in me improvising or less interested in me being me. Um, I didn't, because a lot of times on that show, they're literally in the script, it would just say, uh, Chris says joke, or Ron comes up with joke. Yeah. And having that type of freedom, which at the time I was like mad, I was like, why don't you write the joke? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but having that type of freedom and the fun in that was was really awesome. And just being on network TV. It was and a stuff good group of guys, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Chris, Brent. Yeah. Rick Glassman. Yeah. 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 yeah the comics of the group yeah did you guys uh just go out and do, do you guys ever do like a tour together we did a tour yeah they, they tried to promote it with a tour for the first two years and that was fun but not profitable for me because chris took all the money so. oh really <laughs> 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 so i was getting mad by the second year i was like no i, I can actually make money so i want to tour and plus they would it, they would take the fun out of touring it became more like a job more like uh being on the show because you had to go and promote the show in the daytime they weren't they had like publicists and people there and people from NBC there who were ne- weren't necessarily cool with me like getting high before the show and really and then I, oh, cause when Chris I, is like straight edge yeah 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 which he is always fine I never I'm like not blowing it in his face or yeah. anything like that but just they didn't want and then I would like whenever I take pictures with people, and I always like hug them, hang out with them, and talk with them for a bit. And they would always be like, "Move it along, move it along, move it along." And so oh, that's fucking crazy. I was like, and so I had to, at one point I was like, "Look, I had this job before I knew you guys. This is how I do it." So yeah. this is how I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah, Chris is just eyeballing for 18-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I never understand. I have a hard time wrapping my head around uh, dating younger women. Like, I, yeah, I saw that with the with the uh, Dane Cook thing Dane's today. Dating a 19-year-old. Yeah. I mean, seems difficult. I don't know what you would talk about. Just seems- let them play on their iPad. You, their, <laughs> par- their parents won't let them play on their iPad. <laughs> just give them like, go, hey, it's Cyber Sunday. You get to play on your fucking iPad. <laughs> Not shitting on Dane. I'm sure Dane would no. look at my wife and think she's Who gross. But, but I just, I just go like, I know Chris is into uh, younger girls too. Uh, but at least that's what they say at clubs. That he's like, uh, he likes, you know, like, I don't know, I nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Is there? A, they're of age. They're adults. Yeah. There's nothing illegal. I think part of it. I wonder if it if if society's leaning into this puritanical 
like with this Me Too thing, it's mm-hmm. starting to go like, no, no, no. I wonder if that's what that article about Dane was they were trying to lean into is like, yo. No, I think people always think it's weird. You know, yeah. I don't think. I mean, back you can go back to the '60s and stuff. I think people were still like, oh, what's this Jerry Lee Lewis about? Like, that's not the coolest. Jerry Lee, she was fucking thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think she was his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fucked. <laughs> that was really fucked up. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. So I guess they're doing a lot better than that, yeah. for sure. I mean, I'm I'm certain uh both Delia and Dane would be like, dude, one night with a nineteen year old and trust me, you'd never go back to forty seven. But I'm sure like I just look at it like I I there's so many times I make a reference Yeah that that young kids don't get yeah like i had a reference about long duck dong in my one of my shows and i i had to change it because a lot of people didn't get it they didn't know they don't know what that is Mm -hmm. they thought i was being racist yeah 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 yeah. they thought i was making up an asian name yeah yeah. and i was like no that's a character from 16 candles and they're like don't know it by the way watch 16 candles it's racist as fuck (laughs) (laughs) so they were right yeah (laughs) did you do you feel like did you ever feel like um, and I don't know your politics. I don't really care to know anyone's politics these days. Good. We're all on the same page. But do you ever feel like the the alt scene, the liberals, came at you and immediately assumed one thing because of your personality, your persona, your 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 like how you carry yourself? Well, I mean, that's been my whole life. Is kind of fun, learning to go against those personas and 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 kind of using that for my advantage, especially being a, when I was a. Larger being a large black man in Oregon. I can't remember you overweight now. I'm like I'm having a hard time picturing it. I can see it. <laughs> uh, and so learning how people saw me, and and then in a lot of my comedy in the beginning was like going against that. And then as my weight changed, I was like, oh, I just have to keep being me and learn and to tell jokes. Um, but as far as like just people being over liberal and stuff, I mean, I just never really. I mean, the people who I really fuck with, we don't really ever talk about that type of stuff. Who's your you know? Who's your Who's your group? I, I literally just hang out with the people I'm known from, like back in Oregon. Like, For real? Yeah, my feature his name is Gabe Dinger, and I've I've known him since I, the day I started comedy. Like, he had been doing it a couple years before me. He's a really funny dude. He's been and. Uh, few shits here and there but you know um he comes out and feature I mean, I, and i use other people like use like emma arnold who's a really really funny lady maybe that's who i know you know emma wait is that did you say her name earlier no i you talking about uh, Ar- uh amanda arnold I wonder they gotta change their i know names. one of the arnolds yeah they got they got unless they got a chart they got start a sister group or one of them's got to change their name yeah uh, <laughs> but i mostly just like a lot of my friends are my old time friends are people who helped me out like when i first started comedy like uh, moshe kasher uh, i'm big friends great. with um uh i mean i think that's really about it and the kamel and and, and but we really like kamel's fucking i'm so happy for him yeah that's so great, uh, Big Sick. I haven't seen it yet. I no, heard it's, it's great. Phenomenal. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a great. He's movie. A, he's an interesting guy. I had him on the podcast a while ago. The first time, I think there's a part of my brain that's a little bit of a meathead. Mm-hmm. Not a little bit, but a lot of it. Oh, okay, no, nothing about you says that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a man cave. Core is <laughs> light in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> I think it's so funny because. Uh, I, I, I had this joke one time where I said, uh, 
I used to I I used to work for Safe Escort. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a can uh, organization on campus in the 90s at Florida State where you walk girls across campus so they wouldn't get sexually assaulted. Yeah. And everyone, when everyone, the second I said they go, you made sure they didn't get sexually assaulted? And I was like, wait, are you telling me I sex- you, I look like someone who sexually assaults people? And everyone's like, yes. I, I don't like, think so. Uh, dude, I think. You got kind eyes. I think the people that do that look like me. They're like big, beefy. They do look a little bit like you, but they're, they faces, look just like all my best friends. Yeah, their faces That's that are group. harder. I guess. I don't know. I think it looks like anybody these days. That's true. Everybody can. You never know. Dustin Hoffman's. They're coming after him, and and the Jeremy Piven. I mean, I've. I love. You Jeremy mean Piven. Jeremy Piven? <laughs> he he, could, he I, definitely seems like he could do something like. Oh, uh, he. I fucking love. Like. He's like a bro hero. Mm-hmm. Like all the bros are like, fuck yeah, I love Jeremy Piven. I met him doing a show with uh, uh, Russell Peters, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, oh my god, my favorite. I like, I was like, my favorite scene ever is in uh, Very Bad Things when you fuck that girl and you kill her. And he's like, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was like, yeah. He said a line in there that was so real. He's like, "Oh, you thought I was gonna be some punk, huh?" And he's fucking her, and she's like, "Huh?" I was like, "Wow, man, that must have come from a real place." <laughs> but yeah, oh, oh, that's interesting. So what? So let's. I want to talk about the wrestling okay. classes. What? Uh, tell me your start in wrestling. Like, wh- where did you fall in love with wrestling? Uh, I fell in love in wrestling when I was probably like five. I fell in love with comedy and wrestling around the same time growing up in Chicago. I watched really? a lot of I Love Lucy. That's how I fell in love with comedy was true Lucy. And um, I grew up in a house of just when my mom and my dad divorced. It was just my mom and my aunt and her daughter and then my sister. So it was just four girls and, and me. And so I didn't really have much testosterone we played a lot of pretty pretty princess i massaged a lot of feet when they came home from work uh those were the games i played really? uh yeah and so when did you start gaining weight uh i mean it seems like my probably as long as i can remember but my eight nine ten really? probably remember going back and forth stealing intamin donuts out the out of the uh, kitchen thinking like how i would not get caught if i ate the whole box of donuts you know uh, you're gonna get caught if you eat the whole box yeah yeah but you know no issues of overeating um but my uncle he would take me he liked wrestling he would take me out to rosemont horizon in chicago and we would go see like hulk hogan and earthquake and undertaker so and, this is you were watching wwe yeah WWF at the time, yeah. WWF. I'm, see, I'm I'm of the age where it was still um, localized. Mm-hmm. So like I, my we would see Dusty Rhodes, yeah, Kerry Von Erich, yeah, um, Wahoo McDaniel's, like all these. Uh, the I remember, I remember going to see a live wrestling show and being blown away at the showmanship, mm-hmm. the noises, the overwhelmingness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the the Tampa Artillery Center or something. I th- it was right by, uh, right by Tampa Catholic or not Tampa Catholic, Tampa Prep. And it was I remember being blown the fuck away. And then that you could meet them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 
very similar. Just it was fun to have a place where you could yell at people, and you had these loud, colorful. Cook. I remember just falling in love with like the Ultimate Warrior before I wow. knew he was racist and would hate me. He's uh, racist. He was. He's dead now. So I win. But they uh, were all racist, I think. Uh yeah, but he was a lot racist than the others because he came out as like a conservative pundit and started railing against women and, and gays and black people. Really? Yeah. And but, black people. Yeah. Well, just right. Is it tied that I I go? I understand his rant about and gays and women. Women, but what black people? <laughs> the fuck. He was just a general like racist, and then he died, and now they don't. They just are like he was great. <laughs> but really? But yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. They have a whole award about him and stuff about being like a warrior really like, oh, he and you do a podcast you do a podcast about wrestling right uh no i tried to but um just didn't have much time very busy yeah but uh me and x-pac who's a great wrestler um i've known x-pac for a while yeah 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 we've talked about it we might still do it but we did a show we were doing live shows at the um cine family where we would just get high and watch wrestling and make fun of it yeah. Um, and then we just curate these like hour long videos of clips that I liked of like Macho Man and like Dusty Rhodes promos and and matches and it's one of my favorite things that you were doing for a while. Yeah. Was you were doing when you were doing your tour, you were doing wrestling promos to promote the tour. Yeah. And I was I was doing promos, but I wasn't doing wrestling promos. But the second you did wrestling promos, I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> that's it. That's what I should have been doing. Because those were the best. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes has my favorite promos ever. I've watched his his promos hit since then and been like, fucking genius. Mm -hmm. I, I was with Hulk Hogan in, uh, in um, Orlando. And I said, hey, Hulk, I, uh, my buddy and I are in like a weight loss thing and and i i would love if you could do like a shout out video just making fun of him he's like what's his name brother i was like tom segura he's like let's go i pulled my camera up he pulled off the best one minute to a t rant on segura that i've I, that I, and i you can see me in the shot just going like like getting like so excited those guys have chops that i don't think a lot of comics have yeah no they're amazing um what's cool now is like i mean i'm friends with a lot of wrestlers and friends with a lot of independent wrestlers and it's cool to like have that community like um i feel like my friends are like a lot of like it's like kind of like old vaudeville where like i don't just hang out with comedians and i do hang out with comedians but like i hang out with comedians musicians wrestlers and it's all kind of the same job like talking with them with them how learning how they want to pop a crowd and 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 how they want their match to come off and also how they do their merch and things like that where i've learned a lot i learned more about business and about being an entertainer from wrestling and, and rap music than i have from most comedians because a lot of times when it was dealing with comedians it was like people who wanted to be really cool who were like no nah, don't do merch that's lame like you're yeah. lame if you do merch but then i'm talking to my wrestling friends and they're like how do you fucking survive if you don't don't do merch you have to have merch not only is it good for you for your bottom line then people are wearing your name out there they have your name on their chest you know and i was once i learned to think about that and and to make the shirts cool and things that i'd actually want to wear i was like oh i get a high from making a fun new item and, and selling it just as i do from writing a cool joke you know yeah. it, it's, it's the same type of vibe and and 
just learning to promote yourself and learning how you have to go outside of things to make a name for yourself like you you learn that from wrestling is like they will only if you let the wwe or something decides your pecking order you're only going to be this high but if you're willing to go outside of that and work your own route and, and you become famous in another way then you get more money when you go back to the wwe and it's like the same with with stand-up a lot of times when i would want to do like dumb shit I love, I love doing game shows i love doing cooking shows i've been on like chopped i've been on match game i like do all these things and then i talk to some people uh who are more like stand-up purists and they're like that's you're being that's fucking stupid but i'm like yeah but you don't see how that makes when i go do stand-up it makes more people come to my shows it makes my rate go up and you know and i'm still doing my stand-up i'm not changing i'm just and i'm just having fun this yeah. is silly it's silly to me that i'm on a cupcake wars baking a bunch of cupcakes you know yeah. why the fuck am i here this is awesome you know and then once i learned to think about that i i really feel like it, it it's just i mean shit like you know like i bought a house and stuff and like i haven't really had a, a fucking full-time job i mean i worked one season of powerless after undateable but like i was able to afford a house and keep my rates up and stuff without having any type of show any type of podcast any type of it's all just been me willing to grind and do everything you know yeah I feel I, the the beginning of last year, I had a, an epiphany about um, seeking out stuff I loved and doing stuff I loved. Meaning, like uh, my fir- the the best example is probably um, uh, Hot Ones. It was a show that I loved. It was a you eat wings, ten progressively mm-hmm. hotter wings. Okay, and I just I watched it. I loved it. And uh, I, I think I enjoyed it for a long time, and I was sharing it. I'd retweet it, and I'd post it. Whenever he posted one, I just liked it. And then I did it. I think I did it probably at the end of the year. Um, I did it probably the end of last year. And then I, and, and it came out, and I enjoyed it. And I went, oh, I'm going to do more of that. And so, like, Jesus and Miro were a show that I really loved. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him. I was like, yo, I'd like to do your show. And they were like, yeah. I mean, I, I think at the beginning it was like, now it would be really hard to get on Diaz and Miro. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning they're like, yeah, yeah, we have five days to fill guests, please. Um, and I just did that my whole time. I did, I, I stopped doing conventional television because it depressed me. Mm-hmm. I think I'd been in it so long. Uh, it just depressed me. It bothered me. Um, so like I did, I did guys grocery games mm-hmm. and, uh, this, this guy, uh, we were, I was at Opie and Anthony or Opie and Jim. This guy was like, Hey man, you did guys grocery games. Uh, how was it? And I was, I was just, I was being honest and I was like, I hated it. I said, it was cool to hang out with Tammy and, and Lonnie. But uh, I realized I don't want to do television anymore. And he was like, I was the producer of that. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but I just stopped. I stopped. Um, traditional television has kind of turned me off a tad bit. I don't like, I don't like, uh, I think I just want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know? What do you mean? What, do you, what don't you like about it? I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. I, I have a real problem with that. Like a genuine, genuine problem with it. Mm-hmm. I don't like people trying to put words in my mouth. I don't like people trying to produce me. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can do me perfect. Please don't ever tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like being told. I don't like being told what to do is what it comes down to. I think I was talking to Eddie Ift and I were in uh, Portland. He was at Harvey's this weekend when I was at uh, Helium. And we were on a ski lift. We were snowboarding. And I said, 
we were saying one of my fears is being stuck on a ski lift or stuck in a roller coaster. Um, that's why I stopped doing birth conquerors because I couldn't be in roller coasters. I was afraid of being locked in a roller coaster. And he said it's 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 called not Wiz Khalifa, Khalifa phobia, Khalifa, <laughs> something, like, something like that. And I was like, and I was like, oh, and I think that leads into what's going on with me at television. Like I'm doing a project that we're going to start in March, but I'm only doing it because I can do it because I I'm gonna do it. I don't mind paying now, putting my money into something mm -hmm. and doing it. Because I go, yeah, that's what I like. I like that. I like making stuff. I really do. I like being a part of stuff. I like doing like Doug Loves Movies or 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 this podcast or Rogan's podcast or Tommy's podcast. Or I like doing like, if if, if you were like, yo, I'm doing a, a, a wrestling show. It's me, X-Pac, and we're just going to fuck around. I love that shit. And I don't mind being told what to do on that stuff. But when it comes to like... People in this business, I don't think really have any talent mm -hmm. and just want to have a title of working in television. Yeah. And then they come in, they're like, so I'm going to need you to grab the plate, hold it up, yeah. show everyone. And then I want a big smile. I'm like, nah, don't ever fucking talk to me. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh, it makes my skin crawl. No, I get that. What I would, get that. What would be your dream job? Um, My dream job is this kind of what I'm working on. I've always wanted to do a show about me and my son and, and raising, being a single dad of a son with autism and do a, a comedy about that. And cause I don't think I've ever really seen, I've seen some shows about people with autism and things like that. And it's always very dramatic. And what very, is, what are, what, what like, I, I think everyone knows what autism is, mm -hmm. but what are, what, like, what are the, the pillars of autism the, the, <laughs> the things that you go i uh lack of eye contact that probably be a pillar of autism um usually uh bad hygiene but also my son's got pretty great hygiene my daughter has horrible hygiene uh everyone every time i tell stories about my daughter at mm -hmm. the end everyone always says your daughter's autistic well, maybe she is maybe <laughs> she's maybe. on the spectrum <laughs> congratulations so, if she is i'm certain she has to fall i think i'm on the fucking spectrum i think a lot of people are on the spectrum yeah uh, yeah i mean there's a lot of things that you just didn't get diagnosed when you were younger and and you know it's 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 such a large spectrum but my son like because then a lot of people when they say that they're like i have asperger's i'm not socially correct and stuff my son has like classic autism where like when he was younger he would have um seizures and um just wouldn't eat certain foods we take him to the park and he would just try to dart off he just gets overstimulated very easily really? like to this day like but he's learned to like control his environment like he wears like um earmuffs like the type you get when you work at an airport or if you're going to a monster truck rally he just wears those around the house so, really yeah so he does like uh, audio auditory is mm -hmm. gonna overstimulated mm -hmm. really yeah i get overstimulated i get overstimulated like that like if things are loud yeah like fluorescent I, lights are a big one really mm-hmm and when did you guys know he was autistic? Um, we always knew there was something off, but we just didn't know what it was for a while. He just like we thought he was deaf for a little while because he just wouldn't he just wouldn't listen to you. Like you could yell his name and he'd be behind you, you'd be right behind him. And you could just I feel yell. Like I should bring Leanne in here. <laughs> Isla, when when Isla was a baby, we thought she was deaf. She yeah, not maybe, fucking I am. This might be a big day for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then we would play like. Elmo's World, the Elmo's World theme song in his head would just whip around. I was like, well, he's not deaf. He heard that, you yeah. know? And then he would always, like, replay a lot of um, his 
video like you replay the jungle book but like a lot of kids think they'd watch movies and they watch it again as soon as it's done my son would just rewatch the same scenes like over really? and over and over again and so there was a lot of stuff about that and then just again him his uh speech had started normal and then regressed and uh, my mom brought it up and after i was like no fuck you you're wrong um then we were like we should get him tested and then we found out he was and it, how do they test for autism um a lot of ways there is like regular tests that they do like a cognitive test and they can find out based off his verbal skills and things like that but then there's also like a blood test that tests like mercury levels and things like that oh for real mm-hmm. now do you think like, yeah like once we were like we had to get on di- he had to get on disability which again like yeah him and willie are probably the best if we if we would didn't have disability well he was we we're very poor i don't even think i could have became a comedian because uh, that's how we paid the rent for a, a while was just but once you you try to f- um apply for it you have to get the blood test to make sure really yeah so we could take i could take a blood test and find out if i was autistic mm-hmm. i'm probably not mm-hmm. i'm on the, you, but can you will it tell you if you're on the spectrum probably i mean but it probably will be like you're somewhat on the spectrum you know really Who knows I start. I used to think uh, this is probably disrespectful, but I used to think autism was simply natural selection, meaning we were getting quicker and faster mm-hmm. for the future of what it held. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people, the way society's wor- streamlining, uh, interaction is not necessary. Yeah. And I used to think that it was like autism was us losing our tail. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people that that don't that subscribe to that theory really yeah well there is this term um indigo children or crystal children which means like these are um like the kids who are our guys into what our guides into what the future is going to be like and this is the type of thing and and in a lot of ways i mean i believe that there's a lot of things i've learned from my son about shredding traditions and like he just was i remember christmas when we were having like one of our first Christmases and he, he knew that there was some gifts somewhere and he just, and I was just like, Oh, you gotta wait for Christmas. Santa Claus is coming on the 25th. He's going to be here. And he just goes, that's dumb. And I was like, yeah, that is dumb. You're right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's dumb. And just things like that, where I just kind of like, I get new lens on things because of him where I could, I could agree with you. Um, but then other times you're just like, oh man, I wish he just had easier time in school and stuff. So who knows? Yeah, that's the tough part as a parent is uh, wanting to live their life for them and get them through the hard parts. Mm-hmm. But the hard parts are what define you. Yeah, and he's got such a great attitude. He's like, I've never seen him really get down on himself or feel like he's anything. Like, he will tell you himself that he's a smart kid, he's a kind kid, he's a handsome kid. Because that's what he's been told his whole life. And that's because that's what he is. And uh, it's just cool to have that perspective to have again i mean similar to what willie or like oh it's cool to see someone who has like these challenges and does not let it affect them at all doesn't let them get them down you everything is 
it really makes me be like, oh, I work harder and and have a better attitude because shit could be a lot worse. Was that the strain? Did that cause the strain on the marriage that ended the marriage? Or was that marriage was just bad from the get go? It was not a good really? marriage. It was a high school, like you know, oh, you my got high dated school, in high school. Yeah, I'm like first girlfriend. It's a bad decision. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just not a good decision when you look at it logically. You is she know? white or black? She's white. Really? Mm-hmm. Your son's your son doesn't look like he's uh, half black, half white. He doesn't. You think he's all black? I th- well, you look. You all think black. he looks light skin? <laughs> he looks like he's you. pretty light. <laughs> I guess now that you say that, maybe. But I like. Yeah. It's so funny when you saw, t- talked about your mom and your dad. I was like, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, oh, his dad's dad. I, I like. I pictured your dad. Mm-hmm. I pictured your dad as like a like a real man. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like the, those great old black older black men have those gray hands <laughs> where it's just like the hand tells a story. You see them do something like. <laughs> grab a set of keys you're like let's grab those keys a hundred times <laughs> i think i romanticize being black in my head I, I don't know why i'm doing this bit right now about this uh i've been thinking about you all weekend so i'm doing this bit i followed this guy one time i don't know if i'm i don't think i'm gonna be able to tell it my special uh about this this black guy that his premise was that uh Black kids aren't affected by the same afflictions white kids are affected by Mm -hmm. because white people make them up. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, autism, dyslexia, and ADD, those are made up white people diseases. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was was a true story. I was at a a black club and he was doing this and it was murdering. Ain't no black kid getting no ADD. Mama smack you on the back of the ass. That's your ADD medicine, bitch. And ain't no black kid got no dyslexia. Ain't no such thing as dyslexia. Mama smack you on the back of your ass. That's your that's your dyslexia medicine, bitch. And I got up on stage after him, and I was like, uh, I go, hey, there. I just want to make a little footnote because Isla's dyslexic, my daughter. I go, I just want to make a footnote in your act. Um, I go, black kids do get ADD and dyslexia, but you guys drop out of school so early, we don't have time to catch it. That's so funny. And it murdered. That's so funny. And I was like, oh, I'll tell them my special, but I can't. I don't think I can because it's a real guy's bit. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking Plus about. Plus, it seems like such an in the time, you know? Yeah, they, yeah. They had a lot of context. And, and, you know, and you take that joke out of context, yeah. then, is, you, people, then people will be like, what? What the fuck well, is he trying to say? The point, the point being is that it, I was in the back and I was like almost offended yeah. that he was talking like this. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, we can't be that different that. There are people in this room that are that find that funny. They must be laughing at his delivery, not what he's saying. There's people. I mean, it's just. Well, yeah, I know that world 100. percent Shit, um, we're living in a time right now where, as long as well as like Uber jokes and kale, autism is a buzzword. These open mics, you know, they just yeah. using it instead of retarded because they feel like they can just get away with it, you know. And it offends me all the time unless you have something new you're adding to it and i'm yeah. not really that offended all the time but i also i know i go like this is my personal life just as your, your daughter's your personal life and perhaps if you didn't have that in your life you might have you might have been laughing on i might not have heard it at all yeah you would have been laughing yeah, it's so right funny along. it's so funny i might not have heard it at all i didn't think about that until you just said that it because he said dyslexia i reared up and i was like bro you're a fucking idiot yeah like you and because I heard him say autism, and I was like, and it's so funny. This this happened a while ago. It was definitely before I knew you. And I thought, do black kids not get autism? Like, I thought that. I was like, is he being real? Black kids don't get autism? 
And then he's like, ain't no dyslexia, bitch. And I was like, wait, hold on. Buckets definitely get dyslexia. Yeah. I was like, like wait, no, hold on. It's just like can't. saying like black people don't go to therapy. You're like, well, maybe that might be but the same jokes. There ain't no gay black people. Like, yeah, yeah, there are. You know, what are you yeah. talking about? It's just like, um, in there are cultural sweepings yes that i that i do agree with like for instance i had said what Chappelle said on his special mm -hmm. privately to friends uh a ton of times the n-word a bunch <laughs> i i no i uh I um, know that, uh, that, that <laughs> black women aren't ratting out black men, and yeah. that harkens back to slavery times. Yeah, I'd said that. I was like, I was like, you got to be telling, you got to be kidding me, to think that the NFL Network or ESPN or or professional football, mm -hmm. where they where Ray Rice knocked the fuck out of his wife, mm -hmm. that sexual harassment isn't running there, or that black like no black women were speaking up about black men, and and I'd said that. I'll tell you the next thing out loud before anyone says it. I'll tell you the next sexual harassment one's going to be. It's going to be a, a black man fucking a white chick, and a black man will be a little more vocal and a little more like a little more rough during sex, and she won't consent to his behavior during the sex, mm -hmm. and then she will say it's rape, and he'll be like, "Hold the fucking phones. That's how I fuck." Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think that's the next one. Like, because there's so many very. Who like, says that's how I fuck, though? Like, nobody. Like, no one, no one would say no that. One's... No one would come out and go, that's how I fuck. You know, I like, I like to, like, you know, I'll, I'll change my speed to match with what's going on. You oh, know? I, there are a lot of people that don't. That's crazy. I, I, my, I change up my speed my whole life. I think we're different men, though. Mm. There are men who. Oh, go because in, we're trying to please the woman. I, I've always, I've always been very consistent my entire life if it was a kind of no i go oh yeah I'm, then I'm done. oh yeah no no i have to be 100 in the vibe there are guys there can't who, be anything where i'm like pushing i'm just not, I'm not i don't push it. into the next thing yeah no like i don't push into i've never been someone to smack an ass mm -hmm. i've never been someone to uh like aziz would put his fingers in their mouth mm -hmm. i never did that like i just that's not my thing i i don't like i don't like uh submissing my woman i like to I like to ride it out with her. Yeah. You know, that's... To me, I, I always just felt like that is a mark. I feel because a lot of comedians get a bad vibe or bad rep, and they're like, don't fuck comedians. But I was like, why wouldn't you? Like, we are constantly seeking approval. Like, was, yeah. and that includes in the bedroom, you know? You're trying to... Like, I was dating this lady that when she climaxed, she would spontaneously just burst into laughter and i was just like you don't know what this means for me <laughs> like, you're like let me know when it's happening i want to work out some new material yeah 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 you just yeah this, you just took two of my favorite sounds and you wrapped them together and now like i gotta make this happen all the time <laughs> it was great we had great times uh but i don't get that i just don't get that but I, I, there are guys like there are guys that I mean, there are people, it's, it's not even guys. There are women that are like that as well. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's interesting. I, I watched this lull that the Me Too, uh, has taken this past couple weeks mm -hmm. and I go, and, uh, someone said there's someone really big coming out. Mm. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder who that's going to be. Do you get caught up in that? What, uh, like caring about it? Yeah. No, 
not really i mean i'm happy when people are for people who feel like they're if they were victimized and they feel they need to get that off their chest and 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 they then that's a new bravery for them to say that this happened for me i'm cool i'm cool with that and to me it's not like a new thing where it's like because it's always like this happened to me like i'm like yeah these are just all old things that happened that we're bringing out to the light so that's not to me that's nothing but a positive you know like cool you're saying people can't be fucking assholes cool <laughs> like i don't have yeah. a problem with that um i know a lot of people were doing things like where they're like uh well it makes it difficult how you can't even hit on ladies and i was like what do you mean like you know yeah ladies always let you know yeah. when it's cool you just to gotta hit on be them. a little more respectful than i think that i think the aziz thing was probably the biggest doorbell to everyone every mm-hmm. guy because i think every guy I was like oh okay i've been in that situation yeah, i've done a little bit of that yeah yeah but yeah but i feel like that was the one where people are most like i don't know what this is i don't know if this should be a thing you and know? it's hard it's hard you know i i always say i i immediately defend disease yeah. in it because i'm a guy and I, I'm a I mean i don't even really like to bring it up because i'm biased because like i love aziz he's i mean oh, fucking the first time he i the only times i've ever performed in arenas was with him so he's a dick he's a nice guy he's nice to you yeah yeah try being me no he didn't like <laughs> he you he's an asshole but I defend him still. I don't. I don't think he should be crucified for this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I automatically, I think he's funny as well. But when I did meet him, he was a real prick. And me and Segura both don't. There are a lot of guys that don't like that guy. Yeah, but I can see that in the regards that you guys, but like it breaks down into like nerds versus jocks. Well, yeah, yeah, but it shouldn't be like when you're cool to someone, you should be cool to somebody. Yeah, I we agree were both with really that. cool to him, and he was a yeah. dick. Okay, and, and we were like, we were like. I was, and I just was caught off guard. And I was like, "Oh, so you're really subscribing by the, by the alt comic versus regular comic thing? Like, mm-hmm. you can't just see past it and just go, hey man, we're sitting in the back of a comic club. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. We're just comics.' Um, yeah, I've but, never subscribed yeah, and so, to that. I, but I didn't take any joy in watching that thing come out about him because I was like, I was like, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, there's a, I don't know. It, it's very complicated, and I don't want to pile on him because I know that. I can't imagine being in the situation he's in, you know, where where it, it's very complicated for him right now. But uh, but yeah, of course he likes you. Like what? why wouldn't he? Who's not gonna fucking like you? I don't know. Some people don't. Who name a comic that's a dick to you? And I'll fucking if he's my friend, I'll stop talking. <laughs> um, I can't. Not that many now, but like before, like let's say like when I first started, first went to um like Montreal and stuff, like people like um Jim Norton and like those people. They were really yeah, they weren't nice to me. They are now. But also, like, Are I think they just heard serious? my they heard my laugh from far away. Oh yeah, let, let me, just, yeah. For the record, Jim didn't like me either. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's when, it, like, specifically what happened was like I don't. But it was that whole crew. So whoever you think that Norton, crew is, Bobby, yeah, Voss, probably oh, all those Voss. people. I can see, I can see Voss hating and you. And they hearing <laughs> me laugh, and then I just see them just start mocking my let me laughing, and I was just like. And I was just like, oh, I thought this was comedy. I thought this was a place where I got away from people like this. I thought this was not football and jockish. And so for a while, I just didn't like them. But like Jim's been nice to me since then. He's he's Jim's a very sweet guy. I, I but I definitely. I identify with what you're talking about uh, when I was a young comic. And I think that's part of the New York scene is this bullying of like of like if you're young if you're young especially if you're young and starting to become successful then you're you're 
we can say the most brutal things to you. Yeah. Did you ever meet Patrice? No, unfortunately. You, well, he was lucky. a big influence on why I lost some weight, though. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. Because his, his, of his stroke? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I, part of, like, trust me when I say, if you did, if you thought... <laughs> It's better that you never met Patrice, because if you thought <laughs> Norton and those guys were rough, Patrice was a fucking textbook bully, mm-hmm. and in the most insightful, hurtful way. He was so fuck. But by the way, I love Patrice. Yeah. I love him. I love that guy. But yeah, that I hate that that is what happens with alt comedy and regular comedy and I don't think you're an alt comic personally but I do see that you could lean that way yeah but no I mean I pride myself on am I a fucking nerd yes 100% I'm a I nerd he was a nerd at all I'm a total I mean what do you mean I love pro wrestling video games yeah, Japanese that's, that's shit that's the norm right now that, and I'm norm. lucky but not. We, all, we all like pro wrestling we all like pro wrestling you know, I mean dude, but you no. might you might have liked it a little more you're taking wrestling and classes if we go legitimately up to like two years ago I had Wrestlemania to come around and, and all my wrestling friends and all my wrestling comedy friends would post about it on Twitter and you'd go on and I'd see all my comedy friends making the same shitty joke about wrestling. All of them. Kumail, really? fucking all of them. And then two years later, it's, oh, we like wrestling. I'm doing a movie with John Cena. Fuck you, Kumail. I love John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Kumail. I love John Cena. <laughs> I loved him for years. You hated wrestling. Now you're in a movie together. I'm proud of you. You do. T- uh, you do lean. You do lean towards. I guess the people you're most like. I think I am most like the jocks of comedy, mm-hmm. like Rogan, mm-hmm. Ari, Joey Diaz, Tommy, uh, Norton, Bobby, Rich. I do lean towards them. Yeah. And I and I I I had. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a rough run with the alt scene when I was younger because they just looked at me and they were like, yeah, he's not going to be belonging here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm just a comic. I just want to tell jokes. Yeah. I think I was more like them artistically than I was like my friends. Yeah. I'm much more artistically alt. When I do stand up, it is much more alt than it is. Well, I think you get a lot of respect in the alt community. I think you get respect. I mean, I think one thing that is why we probably get along is that we both are like it's weird the places that we do get respect you know yeah. like, i don't expect that the like the, i guess the regular comedy people would like me but that's what i like oh, i'm not you. i'm not scared you know no, you're, that's my you're whole loved, thing loved loved is that like i love being able to go and do my jokes at miltdown or largo or the comedy store and i don't like and sometimes they might not work as well at the comedy store but i'm gonna do my same jokes and because hey, mine don't work well at the comedy store either <laughs> yeah, i'm blown away how i can do well on the road and then i go to the <laughs> or and i'm like guys this works yeah. you guys know this works right oh trust me i know yeah trust yeah. me i I'm know. fucking had so many nights where i'm like this opener is killing yeah. everywhere Except for uh, this fucking room. I start turning on other comics. It's fun. But only if I know. Like, I, last time I bombed there, I was just like, really? Really? You guys were dying at Delia, and he just talked to you about a flight to Australia for 10 minutes. He gave you nothing. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've, by the way, and I and I, um, I, I hope I haven't come out shitting on Delia at all, because I love Delia. I love him. He, he, like, when you own space in my head, 
based on your social media presence, mm-hmm. I get it makes me happy. He's the only guy whose Instagram stories, like legitimately, the only person whose Instagram stories make me laugh. Like I, oh, everything else, I, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like his shit. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sold out show. Up. Nice. I'm glad that you shared that with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sold oh. out. Show. Oh, you're eating pizza. Oh, Great. Oh, another sold out show. Uh, oh, packed room. <laughs> oh, fuck. Cool. That's awesome. I'm really glad. I'm really happy for you. Oh, wait, <laughs> who are you sharing this with? By the way, I'm guilty of this too. I've done it where you're like sold out shows this weekend who the fuck are you like uh anyway uh delia uh oh, oh yeah i thought i've had those hate spaces in my head following delia where he just is moving his eyebrows and smiling before he talks and you're yeah. just like and watching him destroy a room yeah and then you go up and you're like working on something new and it just flat lines you're like guys i toiled over this over a cup of coffee this afternoon like i've reworked this joke yeah nine times and you watch him just effortlessly murder yeah 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 he's great yeah no i learned a lot from him from um a lot of my comedy it's so funny too because his acting is mm-hmm. so muted yeah yeah, he's such a great actor. Yeah, no, he's, he really is a fantastic. He puts a lot actor. of work in his craft, and I, I learned from him was like a lot of my stand up up until working with him was me being like I was pulling off a bank heist. I was like, I was just like, I hope we pull this shit off. You know, even yeah. if every set had told me before that I was good, I was like, I don't know, this is gonna be the one where they figure out I'm a fraud. And I learned from him where it's just like, oh fuck, like confidence and being excited about your shit is contagious like and and i was just like you just have to learn to just even if they aren't loving it you gotta love your shit and and, um, he really helped me out a lot with that and he's also i mean he's he's fucking really like down low-key nice guy like very sweet guy yeah yeah like a very very nice guy he when uh I, I and I, like I said I don't know Chris that well I mean I I you know probably as well as I know you uh but I would say the same he's just a very sweet guy his Insta stories make me fucking giggle yeah no it's so fucking funny his fucking clothing frustrates the shit out of me <laughs> I'll never know where to buy clothes like that like from the future <laughs> he lives yeah. a life that is like yeah is, no he was the first dude I was like oh pants are a thing I thought <laughs> pants I thought shirts was where you got wild like but you can get wild with some pants pants are a thing <laughs> I was like jeans I came out of the store one day I've said this a number of times so if I say it again I apologize I came out of the store one time shirt off uh, dad jeans 260 I'm wearing 260 at the time and I look out and Chris is wearing back to the future clothes like I don't even know what he's wearing and I had been looking at cars and his car was probably a quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. and then a girl that was hotter than any girl I've ever been with came up to talk to him and he blew her off for a text mm-hmm. and I went <sighs> yeah, yeah that's his life yeah. that's who he is as a human being I I had a similar uh, realization with him when I walked past his dressing room one day and he was on his phone texting while one of the hottest girls I'd ever seen who would never give me the time of day was pulling off his sneakers for him because he couldn't be bothered oh. <laughs> and I was like he's a prince that's who he is he's a prince I hate his hair. <laughs> fucking hate his hair. And his hair. dad has the same hair, so he's never going to lose it. Oh, you just broke my fucking heart. I know. I like, Dude, his brother made a movie uh, a long time ago, and I ended up watching his brother's movie. They look alike and thinking it was Chris. 
and being like, dude, this guy is, because brother's really talented. I think his brother directed and wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away because I had worked with Chris in like, in like the Inland Empire. We did like an open mic out there one night. And he murdered. I think I got into a fight on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and it was bad. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then... And then watching this movie and going, God, this guy's fucking talented as shit. What's going to stop him? And then I saw him on Whitney, and then he was on Undateable. He was like just working nonstop. I was like, motherfucker. And then I realized he had a brother. I was like, oh, okay. Thank God at least he didn't direct that movie <laughs> as well. <laughs> but would you want to be on another sitcom? Um, In the future. Not I don't right think now. any right now. Right now I want to – that's what I've learned. Similar to what you were talking about is that – I, I have a hard time staying in one space like and that was what's cool about undateable is that if they wrote a joke and i didn't like it i could just be like oh and i would never be like this sucks but i'd be like i don't like it can we do this and they yeah. were always open to that who did, who created that show uh bill lawrence who That's what scrubs said, bill lawrence. and yeah uh, cougar town clone high some of the shit oh wow and um and they were always open to that. And then I, when I got my next job, they weren't as open to that. Like, I would pitch them jokes. They would even tell me. They'd be like, that's actually funnier, but we got to we can't, we can't, gotta get approval from the thing. And they're not around, so we don't. Is that can you just do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you just do it as is for now? And I would just be like, man, if you guys wanted an actor, you could have got an actor. You know, yeah, cause like, you, in a weird way, and I, I think you're a fantastic actor. Thank but you, you slid in through the back it. door yeah. of acting as, as, as really as a person personality yeah like you kind of came in as like a guy i think that just like everyone's like oh shit it's ron you know Mm -hmm. and then you came in and you kind of brought ron into these roles Mm -hmm. as opposed to and it's one of the things i had an agent a long time ago tell me you'll never work as an actor but you can work as an actor if you play bert he's like but as as far as like you're never going to be anyone other than bert yeah i mean i've been in I've been in acting class since I moved out here. So I've been in class for like five years now. You still take acting classes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I stopped. Uh, no, I got I to. Gave I, up. I, I, love, I mean, because I want to be a lead. <laughs> I want yeah. to do my show. So if I, I got to stay in class. Um, Jesus Christ, Ron. I feel like I'm fucking dropping the ball. Well, I mean, it depends on your goals. My goal is to act, but I kind of want to. I, I, I can hook you up with my coach. She worked, she worked with Kamel. Who's your coach? Her name's Myra Turley. She's amazing. Really? She works with a lot of people. She works with Nikki Glaser. She worked with Kamel. She worked with Kurt Braunholer. She worked with, um, and she was, her, herself was in a bunch of shit. She's still an active actor. Really? Mm-hmm. I might hit you up for that. I'm doing something. Only hit me up if you're serious because this I'm is like serious. a, yeah. Don't hit me up if you're right not now. serious. I'll hit you up in March. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on this. I'm working on this hour and I'm, that's my whole focus. Yeah, is no, I get that. But yeah, I, I I took acting classes and I just felt like uh, I felt like they were I don't know. I took I had an acting coach for a while. Mm-hmm. I I think I just stopped. I think the business changed for me and like what my dreams were. Mm-hmm. And I think getting cast on something I didn't like the auditioning process yeah I who do does not, no but I really didn't like it like yeah. I, I was like I was like yeah I think this is killing me mm-hmm. well did, I mean, what was your mindset about it I hated it what did you what how did you feel going into it uh you gotta give me more words than I hated it uh I was never confident going in mm-hmm. I was always I never felt like were you prepared I was always prepared I was okay. but I never felt like 
I was representing the material I had mm-hmm. in a in the best light possible. I always thought I wish that they would let me just improv this. I bet I could do it better than the, what it why is. Why didn't why what was stopping you? I, I was young. I was young, and I booked a couple sitcoms, and uh, and I, every time I booked them, it was always like. It was like I did great when I booked it. I did great shooting it. Mm-hmm. But the process of auditioning, it just, it made me. No, yeah. I mean, the hardest part is auditioning. Once you have it. I mean, that except for like the constant fear of knowing you could be recast at any time. That's shitty. Yeah. But um, the hardest part is always the auditioning, you know. But I had to learn that the mind has to go from being like, oh, I need to give them what they want to like going from like, I don't need anything from them. They're here on my time. I think I was also auditioning when I needed money. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Oh, I hope I book this. Yeah. This can change my life. Yeah. And that was never a good way to go in. I think now, I think now if I audition, I'd probably be a little more like, I mean, there's so many parts. It seemed like you could play Uh, football coach, basketball coach, hockey coach. <laughs> I could divorce play. dad, divorce dad, uh, a bartender, <laughs> guy at the bar, guy cleaning up around the bar. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think it would kill me to be on like fucking like the only show I really really like right now is the Mick. Yeah, on sick like ne- yeah, like I think so. that's a funny fucking show. You don't like the Good Place? I don't even know what that is. It's really good. What is it? It's a play. It's a. It's hard to explain, but basically, it's a show about what happens to people after they die, and they think they they. Well, see, oh, now is that I'm with that girl and Ted Dancing? Yeah. Yeah, I saw I that. I want to ruin it. It's pretty good. It's good. It's yeah, fun. it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good. I I wouldn't work well on a show like that. Mm-hmm. Like I I I don't know. But it seems like always sunny in Philadelphia. That's a great Boom. show. That seems like yeah. But I would I would there's be a role good. for Bert there. I would be good if I created that show. Mm-hmm. See, I think I want to create the show too. I don't well, think I, can't, I yeah. But that's also like saying like hey, I want to run. Uh, I want to create my own burger joint, but I don't want to learn how to make the fries. You know, yeah. like you gotta. That was kind of my goal. Was like. I want to make my own show, so I need to act on a show. I need to learn about it. I need to. I. I mean, I acted on a show. I wrote another pilot that I wasn't particularly a hundred percent invested in, but I was like, these are the things that are going to help me learn when I want to. Because I was like, basically, the thing about me and my son, I was like, I need to make this. Yeah. This doesn't. This can't be a thing that I fail in. I so I'm willing to do a couple other things first that I would know I might fail in, so that I get the experience, so that when it's time to do this, we're ready to go. And yeah. and that's been my 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 whole mo with that really. How so, would you have someone play your son? Uh, we just hide, get I get a kid. But you how, like, would it be? Would it be? I mean, I guess it. I guess yeah. But like with political correctness now, would it be okay to have a a, a, a kid that's not autistic play a kid that was autistic yeah or we find a kid that's autistic to play a kid that's autistic yeah I'm open to that I just want to find the best kid that represents my son at, at the age that we were going to shoot it at so that's really cool I, I hope I hope you do that I really hope I do it too <laughs> <laughs> how did you dodge away how did you dodge uh, getting on a getting podcast getting a podcast how did I dodge getting a podcast like everyone's got a podcast how did you not get a podcast um um, I have a heart. Like I love doing projects. I love starting things. Like I, uh, like I'll create a show. I did this show called Midnight Merriment where we would 
the whole point was that it was at midnight at the Roxy. You were encouraged to dress up. Oh, I think I saw something for this. Yeah, well, he did it like three times and sold out each time. And then I kind of like lose interest. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, and so there's never been anything podcast wise. So people will be like, oh, why don't you make a wrestling podcast or do like that? And I'm just like, well, then I won't like wrestling as much. You know, it won't be oh, as fun. I feel to like me. it's work. Yeah. And, and then they're just. I just, especially once it got such a crowded field, I was like, if I don't have anything that I know I want to do, then I'm wasting people's time trying to put out a podcast where I'm like, I don't even know what this is about, you know? So I almost did the one with Pac and that would have been fun, but he, he's kind of like has an exclusive with this uh, company and I didn't feel like it was going to be the best way for everybody. Yo, X-Pac hit me up and. Get out of that fucking contract. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I fucking hate podcast companies. Yeah. I really, it's one of the things I detest. When you, when you, when I talked to someone, I won't say his name, but he was like, he's like, I want to come to your podcast when my podcast gets ready to launch. I said, well, when are you starting it? And he goes, well, I'm still working on uh, the deal. And I go, what deal? Like you're getting fucked. Immediately you're getting fucked. Yeah. You don't need a deal. You can just make it. Yeah. Like, ugh, it drives me. No, that makes sense to it's me. What's, it, what makes me crazy about this business is there's so many people that aren't talented mm-hmm. that simply know how to put their fingers inside your pie. Who not get in the middle of it? Yeah, I know. I get that. I get that more now. But it also sometimes I take it as a compliment when they're like, oh, I want to help you direct your special or I want to do this or do that. And I was like, oh, you see value in me. And that's cool. Yeah. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going <laughs> to let you do the things you want. But I appreciate the fact that you're telling me because sometimes I I don't necessarily have that high of a, a esteem for myself about for that. Real? I mean, I know I'm good at comedy, but I'm never, I'm not like, like the especially the first few times i mean i got married when i was young and then and then i had started dating again and i wasn't used to like anyone that wanted to date me because i was cool i was like that's weird or dated me because i could go to get them into some party or something like that oh, and i was that like that is crazy it, it the was, last time you met a chick and dated a chick you were literally just a kid yeah and now you're famous you're on a tv show you're losing weight you're looking good and people and you're famous slightly famous okay trust me my 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 threshold for fame is pretty fucking low <laughs> i consider myself famous <laughs> well if you're famous then yeah if i'm famous you're definitely fucking famous <laughs> <laughs> the uh <laughs> dude i was i was with ari and tom at uh at the national championship game mm-hmm. and i maybe got recognized like 50 times right walking around the stadium or throughout the weekend it might have been more than that but uh i said to them i go isn't it fun being famous and they're like yo we're not famous and i was like the fuck we aren't (laughs) i was like people are yelling our names and they were like no that's not that's they're so humble about it but i love it i love i love all the trappings of of uh of the business that, that I think bother people mm-hmm. like you said like I love bullshitting in a meet and greet and talking to a guy about his new favorite podcast I love talking to people and they go I love when people go dude I lost uh, 60 pounds because of the weight loss challenge you guys yeah. did I yeah. love that shit no 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 I mean I definitely I talk to people after every show like I usually like I sell my shit my merch online but I usually don't travel with it oh, and I, I just with it. I'm learning to do that uh, and then 
but I will meet and greet everyone. And I mean, I love, like that's one of the bases of why I was like, I have to make the show is because um, I get some things about the weight loss and, and, and that. And, and but the biggest one was like, man, I love how you talk about your son. I, I have a, I have a kid with autism or I have a brother or I have this or I have that. Or I had one girl interrupt me in the middle of my act when I start talking about my son. She just goes, I have autism. And I was and like, you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah that's pretty much how it worked out. yeah but it was just like to in the way that they were like oh we love how you talk about it and we don't see that and and i was like i have to make this show i have to like and that's part of where i was like in it i wouldn't even be a comic because i don't like having that like i'm blessed i'm lucky as shit that like i a divorced dude i went to community college for three weeks like and i'm able to take care of my son and we have a house and we have a pool and we have our who shit. saw that coming not me no one. i mean did. actually i did see it coming. you saw it coming more than anyone yeah I did but like the ex coming. didn't see it coming probably no she 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 believed for a minute and then she really gave up on it really <laughs> Was there she ever turned like, on it? Your your mom didn't see it coming. No, she was actively telling me not to do it. I mean, everybody is kind of supportive in the beginning until it starts being costing them a little bit of money, or oh. you know, when you're like, Dude, oh, I can't pay my phone bill. When you're dating a chick, and she told me, uh, she told me you should move back to Orlando, see if you can sell boats with my dad. And then I was like, no, this is my thing. There's a quote by Winston Churchill that my mom gave me. My mom and my mom always believed in me. Still alive, by the way. I'm not sound like she's dead, but my mom definitely believed in me. My dad, I think, was like, "I don't get it." Like, you know, look, if that's what you want to do, fine. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, have a backup plan. I'm sure he thought, but I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, I remember my, one of my uncles calling my mom and saying, "We should have a, we should talk to Bert and tell him it's not going to happen for him." By the yeah. way, I'd been doing it like for a year. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even really been doing it that long yeah. I, I've been doing it for uh, a year but I hadn't really done it and by the way I got a deal like six months in so like but people still just know when I say I say it to my wife all the time I'm a penny stock I'm a penny stock that blew up <laughs> she met me and, and I was making she met me I was making no money in stand up and then I I blew up to making $700 a weekend and I lived at $1,200 a weekend $1,300 a weekend for years mm-hmm and then and then you go to the place where you're you start succeeding and you go did you ever have that where you wanted to go i fucking told you yeah actually i had a really good week oh i would love to tell this story oh it was the week that my divorce was finalized i had to go back to my old town salem oregon and um i just started running in and i'd just been on conan and i think like uh the show had just been announced, but it wasn't Aaron. Undateable? Yeah. So I was just really excited and happy. And um, I just started running and all these people in the small little town. I saw my um, saw my ex-wife's mom, and she was just like, oh, I heard you're doing some things. They're doing well. That's nice. And then her husband or ex-husband at the time or was her husband now her ex-husband was just like she's lying we know exactly what you've been up to for real <laughs> yeah. for real he just ratted her out oh that's so fucking awesome 
Dude, shout out to that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was great. And then I saw this old dude that I started comedy with in the past, and he kind of was got weird to me. And he was like, "Oh, you're not gonna do shit. You're never gonna make it." And then he, and then I went to the GameStop to go buy my son a video game, and he's the clerk behind the counter, and he's just like, "Oh, I hear you're doing well." And I was like, "This is a great day." And then I'm walking down the street, and I run into this guy who ran the cap. Capital City Theater where my friend had that funeral um, but at the time that he was running it he was very churchy he didn't run it anymore he's very churchy I was running like a little I was broke as shit so I was running a um a school like where I comedy class where yeah. I'd be like and I would be flat out I'd be like look I can't make you funny but I can show you how not to be an asshole at open mics we can put jokes together I'm someone that can help listen to your jokes yeah. and we can we can figure this out together I'm also figuring this out yeah. you know and um, I had some people that were really cool and into it this 12 year old kid that was actually really good at it I hope that he continues um, but then he like was like, no, we're gonna cancel your class. We're gonna, we're not doing any more shows with you because I did this one show and it was me and it was like a bunch of uh, lesbians from Portland and he just hated it and it was just like, your show's too vulgar. You're never gonna make it in comedy being that vulgar. And then here and come walking down the street, the first words out of his mouth were like, go on and say it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you on Conan. And I was oh like, shit! Oh, this day just keeps getting better. And then uh, I went to an arcade with a friend and met this girl. And then <laughs> to she, an arcade with a friend. Yeah. What is and it? Nineteen seventy nine. No, it was every day for me. <laughs> but then I ended up rock. in a three way with these ladies on the day that I got a divorce. And then when they leave and I order a f- some food from room service, the guy who delivers the room service to me was um you know the the ex-husband who i just told you about when he got remarried that wife hated me too and was like you'll never make it in comedy and then the dude that drops off my food to me is her son and so then i tip him 50 bucks oh (laughs) shit ron this might be the best day ever it was Oh, I wish I had a day like that. It really, I was like, this, I go, I must have great karma. Like, this was just a day that was meant for me. I got to tell everybody who hated on me. I didn't even say anything to them. They just knew. They knew they were wrong. And then I got a three-way, and then I got to tip that kid. So, it was fun. Jesus, we should end on that. That's. I don't think I'm topping that. <laughs> that might be one of my best. That's. I. I like. I do. Uh, I do this thing where I. Li- sometimes I try not to do it, but where I hear people's story and then I try to find my story that's similar. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm racking my brain, going, "This is the best day ever. <laughs> this is your. This is your Groundhog's Day that you yeah. want to live every day." And my divorce got finalized. Are you cool with great. the ex? No, not at all. <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> Do you have full custody? Yeah. Nice. So you guys both live down here. Is she still in Salem? No, she lives in Las Vegas. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's my reaction to it. <laughs> that's fucking intense. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. I think man. if I got a divorce, I'd have to kill my wife. <laughs> definitely want to kill her i don't know what i'd do without her no i get that no i'm happy no it was great i don't even say a divorce i say i completed my marriage we made it through it's happy uh i'm happy i'm doing well you're doing fucking awesome man i tell you i'm you know 
you're you're there's a minority. I I, th- I I'll put myself in this only because like I only have one person that didn't like me in the business or, I, or two. One was uh, I thought I had problems with Paul F. Tompkins. Mm-hmm. That seems so weird. Yeah, and well, he, you know, he reached. Was out this to me when recently. he was drinking? It was when he was drinking, but I don't know if that was why. I think I think my drinking might have had a little bit to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the only person I ever really had like a beef with that mm-hmm. I was like. And uh, over the over the over in October, he reached out to me and uh, sent me an email, very nice email, mm-hmm. and kind of cleared it up, and or at least explained his point of view, and then asked me to explain my point of view, and I which I did, and we cleared it up, and I was like, oh cool, and I kind of I was like, oh cool, I don't have a problem going to any comedy club now, and I was like, oh I bet there, and I'm, in that moment I was like, I bet there's dudes that have problems going to every comedy club like they like there's guys who have beef with people yeah and, oh for sure and and you go oh i would hate to be that guy yeah and and then i and i think guys like me and you and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of us there's more of us than not um just cruise by and have and like everyone likes like i, I feel like i'm a guy that a lot of people like mm-hmm. and you're a guy that everyone likes i mean people love you like I've never heard a bad word about you once. That's good. To if hear. I do, I'll text you and tell you who said Please. it. Please, <laughs> was my ex-wife. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to promote? Uh, not really, right now. You want to tour at all? Um, a little bit, but just like at colleges, so I don't feel like uh, you can just go to oh, ronfunches.com. Bet you murder colleges. You'll be surprised. <laughs> I bet you murder I colleges. Uh, I do okay. I'm going to tell you right now. By the way, for everyone listening, you ready for this? I guarantee you, Ron is getting probably 25 grand of college <laughs> I guarantee that's his quote and I guarantee he goes in words out of his mouth murders destroys and at the end there are a bunch of 19 year old girls floating around him and Ron's like nah I'm out <laughs> yeah no I'm definitely usually out yeah I bring my PlayStation and that's what we're doing uh, no that seems like a lot of trouble a yeah. lot of trouble fucking chicks in college Oh, yeah. I got off for a college I passed oh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Because of that? I, yeah, well, what happens for me is I get offered colleges and the kids have heard me on podcasts and they know me and they're like, dude, we just want to party with you. Yeah. They're like, we booked college. Yeah. We we caught we, we quoted your rate. My rate's like through the roof. Cause, only because I don't like doing them. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, we, we did it. We just want to party with you. And whenever someone meets my rate, my rate is ridiculous. Whenever someone meets it, I immediately regret taking the gig because the same thing fucking happens. Dude, we don't care about your comedy. We just want to get fucked up with you. Yeah. And you're like, Ugh. you know, what? I do care about my comedy. I care about it a lot. I did a, I did a corporate in Vail uh, that was, it was so much money. I was like, I was like, I really prepared for it. And I got up and I started. It's all dudes. It's all millionaires. And uh, the guy goes, hey man, just tell the machine story. And I was like, uh, okay he goes tell the machine and let's wrap it up let's go party and we're like i was like all right yeah that would suck and seem soul crushing but also in a way I'd be like all right yeah okay. part of me was like cool and then we went down to a bar 
and I guess what they wanted was more of an interact. They're fans of the podcast, yeah. And they wanted more of an interactive. They were like, yeah, they wanted we get to drink the, with in you. order to come get you out here. We have to pay you to do stand up, but we really just want to hang out with you. And they, it was they were really funny because they were like, yo, 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 yo. Uh, this is our Indian guy. Make fun of him real quick. And I was like, I don't really do that. Like I'm not good at that. Yeah. Like I if I if I did what I think you want me to do, you I would just be being racist. Like I'm like I, no, I mean I can make fun of if my friend's Indian. I guess I could. Make fun of him? I don't know. Like, but yeah, but you don't know this. Guy. Like, I don't know the guy, and that's why I can't be like, "Oh, what's your mom makes curry? Ah, yeah, asshole, mm. or whatever." Mm-hmm. And I so, bet but, it's delicious. Can I get some? I love curry. You <laughs> <me> all the <laughs> time. <laughs> but uh, but I just ended up getting fucked up with him, and I was eating pain pills at the time because I'd fallen off a waterfall, mm. and uh, and we just got <laughs> started splitting up pain pills. Everyone's eating a pain pill. It was a really great fucking time. And I kept saying, like, I was, like, blown away. I was like, this is all you guys want? It was just a party with me? And they're like, fuck yeah. They're like, dude, we're, we're doing shots with the machine. And I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, cool. My, by the way, my wife and daughter had flown out because I, yeah. I, was, I was immobile because I'd fallen off a waterfall. And they were in the hotel room. And I came back late as fuck. And my wife's like, uh, how was it? And I go, I just told us the machine story and went and party with them. She was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, it was really awesome. I do it all the time. But then I went to some college and the kids were like, we met your rate so we could smoke DMT with you. I was like, oh man, you think I'm Rogan? I'm not Rogan. Yeah, like I don't yeah, do DMT. Yeah. Like I'll have a, I, and I, by the way, I won't even drink with children. Like I'm not going to drink with underage kids. Yeah. Like that's fucking. No, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. You're asking for trouble. For TMZ life. And I'm not having sex with a 19 year old unless you really force it on me. Girls, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I, well, I, I'm glad you did this. I want, want to do this for a long time with yeah, you. And I got to give a shout out to your manager, Melanie. Yeah. Love her. She's great. Love her. She's one of the first people I met when I came out to LA. Mm-hmm. She was working at, I think she was working at Brillstein mm-hmm. Gray. Mm-hmm. Is that, is she still there? No. She got her own place. She's solo, yeah. And, uh, and she's married to Brian Poussain, mm-hmm. who I fucking love. And we were at a, we were at a, this is back when you could take your dick out in public. We were at, no, nah, maybe I shouldn't tell this. I'll tell the story. Fuck it. Brian, we're in the Me Too category. We were at a bowl. We were at uh, Nick Swardson's birthday party at a okay, roller skating rink. Okay, I already like This is a long time ago. This is, and by the way, if you're going to take your dick out anywhere, it's going to be at Nick Swardson's yeah, birthday party. Absolutely. <laughs> it's and, required on the invitation. And so at one point, I had this move where I could clinch my butt cheeks and my pants would drop to my ankles. And I I think we were in the parking lot. Melanie and Brian are walking towards me. And I clinch my butt cheek and drop my pants to my ankles. And I go, oh, what's up with that? And Brian goes, oh, I know your move. He clinches his butt cheeks and his pants fall to his ankles. And I went, I laughed so fucking hard. He goes, I got your move. <laughs> and we're both not big dicks, just sitting in a parking lot face to face. Oh, but yeah, she's a she's an awesome manager, man. Yeah, no, she's amazing. She's really great. She's always had my back, even when I was super, super fucking broke and didn't think I was a good investment. She always thought penny I was. stock. You're a penny yeah. stock. Mm-hmm. Penny stock that paid off. Yeah, fucking split a couple times. <laughs> well, hey, uh, uh, what's your what? Everyone, I'll, I'll, Twitter I'll, at Ron Funches, Instagram Ron Funch. You can go to ronfunches.com and see my dates. I think I'm in Vermont and some other places but i have i have forgotten uh but check it out man one of the best comics to go sit back i always say you're the comic that i want to go i'm going to smoke right before the show and i want to sip red wine while i watch you because your your comedy is just fucking it's it's very living room 
it's like it, I feel like you're one of my you're like a friend you know like so I but you're fantastic that's man. very kind thank, thank you. you for doing this brother thank you for having me This episode was brought to you by The Machine.